Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined, as always, by my excited and a little bit scared co-host, Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. That is, that is my life lately. Yeah. <laughs> this is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's a whole new discography per episode. And today, finally, we'll be discussing every album by... Ween? Ween. This has been... You guys... You want and you know what you guys show up. I said, I said, no means no. We can crack a thousand quickly, quickly. Yeah, that's the important. Yep. You guys better come through. Got to come through with Ween. All right, because this has been uh, asked for for a long time. This has been uh, one of my favorite bands for about ten years. Mm. I think about ten years. Um, I have heard all of these albums already. I'm a huge Ween head, and. Uh, Many of you are as well. And, and it's one of those bands, it, you know, it's one of those bands where I'm so many people have, have heard something, have an idea, have heard at least one song that has been in a very famous animated movie. And then the rest of us who we're not the rest of us, but the rest of people who often think of them as just like, Oh, that's some nobody silly little band who cares. And those people would be wrong. Yeah, because we were ta- talking about wrestling off mic. You think you know me. Exactly. But, uh, Ween, God damn it. So this was, uh, this one, one of our uh, Patreon polls. So go to patreon.com slash every album ever to vote on polls to decide who we cover next. There's also a bunch of other perks on there. You can suggest artists uh, for us to cover on these full episodes as well as bonus episodes. It's a, it's a whole bunch of crap there. We'll plug it more later. But this one, uh, this was in multiple polls. Mm-hmm. And each poll, I was like, come on, boys, let's do ween. It it lost the first poll mm-hmm. to MF Doom. Mm-hmm. So we'll check out that episode because it beat ween. And this time, ween dominated. Um, I forget who it was up against, but... Uh, probably I, probably a, a, another upcoming one. We just were like, it keeps losing... But we're gonna force we, it on yeah, you guys. There was one other one that kept losing <laughs> that we knew that needed a chance, and it finally, <laughs> it finally gave me a chance. But for now, Ween. Okay, uh, so have you prior experience with Ween? No, although I feel like through osmosis, there's like a few. I know how I heard the one song because. It's kind of popular, but I'm there, imagining that's Ocean Man. Yeah, there's a song. There's a f- a few. I have no idea where I've heard them. I know I've heard them, mm-hmm. not including you. Off the top of my head, I know one like openly like open Ween fan, and not that well. And he's like one of the most obnoxious people ever. So I just so that's that makes me think of another thing because. Ween fans have a pretty bad reputation. <laughs> and if you're a Ween fan watching this, I'm one of you, so fucking chill. But I'm they're they're a it's a rabid fan base. It's a rabid fan base. I'm gonna assume they're like Primus fans where I can I can say the music, the guys writing it are are brilliant and brilliant. it's and it's weird. Yeah. But you you people <laughs> it's the same with patent fans, and I'm Funny enough, wearing a, a Mr. Bungle shirt where I screamed at one of the f- people in the audience for being obnoxious. Like, the, you which made, a, I guess makes me one of those shitty fans. But that, that guy was being a dick. But no, like, yeah. No, you were you were in the right. Thank you. Uh, but 
Patton has really fucking obnoxious fans. Pramus has obnoxious fans. Ween has obnoxious fans. I'm a huge fan of all of those, so I, I guess I qualify. But you guys need to fucking relax and be, <laughs> be cool. We, we all love it together, man. We can like weird stuff, but still function in society. There is some stuff that drives me up the fucking wall. Not about Ween fans. It's actually the opposite. We're like, uh, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of Jordan Jensen and, and Ian Finance. They have a podcast called Beanie and with Jordan. And uh, they generally have like, they're like big into punk. Jordan Jetson has generally pretty good taste in music. And she brought up like Ween. And I was like, oh, cool. Ween. But she only knows like the famous songs. Mm-hmm. And then someone on there said like, oh, who would you put? Ween or Weezer? It's like, that's a stupid fucking question for one. And just because they have nothing in common. Just, <laughs> just to have the W-E-E. <laughs> but like also, if you say Weezer, you're you're showing your ass. Like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Because mm. first of all, Weezer has like one good album and like a cup. It's two, Mike. Okay. Two, two good albums. Two good albums. And Ween has one of the most remarkable discographies. That's like really untouched with most bands in terms of uh, variety and diversity and like sheer uniqueness with like a, um, with implementing really established genres. Mm. So like the, the, the plenty of bands fuck around with, we'll fuck around with, this is a funk song now. We'll do a fucking funk song. But I've never heard anybody aside from Ween do it in a way that's like, oh, that's still a Ween song. It's still fucking awesome. It just happens to be legitimate funk or Latin or whatever the fuck they, the genre they decided to fuck, country. It's like, it's still, it can, it, it passes in both worlds. Like that's a great fucking Ween song. And that is a great country song. Very few artists I can point to that do that. There, there is a level of, of commitment to, uh, and sincerity, even if the lyrics are funny sometimes, yeah. um, or a lot of times, um, this, this is very, like very, very overwhelming for, for a newbie. So I'm actually very curious of your whole process because I mean, I gave most of these albums just a once over because I've heard them all so many times before. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I, I heard them over the course of uh, several, well, I, to be, I actually mainlined when I first discovered Ween and I, I discovered that I was like, oh, wait a minute, I need to hear more of this. I mm-hmm. kind of bought every album like really quickly. I was like, I need, oh, more, I need more. I was like, fucking, I, I have every album in my room <laughs> by them right yeah. now. But like for someone who just comes in with a band this fucking eclectic and yeah. all over the place. How do you feel at the end? I'm overwhelmed. I'm exhausted. I'm going to take a long break. And there's two there's two albums I want to revisit at maybe like 3 to 6 months. And then I'm going to like gauge it from there. That it's a little disheartening to me because I find so many of these albums to be fucking amazing. I can listen to these for the end of time. One of, at least one of yeah. these is legitimately one of my favorite albums of all time. And yeah. I, I, I've pushed it on the people, countless people throughout yeah. the years. No, that's how do I say this? Cause I didn't mean it as an, it's just, I was going to wait till we started talking about the albums, but the, the first two, are like it's they're not meals they are the richest most texture flavorful appetizers and there's there's 50 different appetizers that are all unique that are all different and are are great to outstanding but when you're eating food that rich for the first time it's a it's a lot to take in i don't know if that helped 
clear the picture. Like I have very few negative things to say. Yeah. I have some negative, but it's always My, been like, I never, I was always just sort of like lukewarm on this thing. I never really thought about it. And then I, now I can go back and think like, Oh, this is what I actually feel about this particular album. My, my musical taste buds are, are overwhelmed. There is a, there is something for everyone with, with Ween. you, there is something for everyone here. It's amazing. Sometimes it may only be for like two minutes or something, but it's there. It's there. Uh, and even there's a lot of stuff here that I, I feel very comfortable putting on in front of any, anybody. Yeah. And there's like, there's like, a, I mean, there's a lot of it actually that I keep like handy in case I need to put on music and they need to, there's a normal person with me. I mean, I mean, there's a reason ocean man is in the, the SpongeBob movie because it is fucking catchy shit. Yeah. I, I do love that song <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, but we have some notes here from our boy Tom Oswing. Go follow Tom everywhere. He digs up dirt for us and gets us albums. He's a cool man. He got us an, uh, this is from, um, he has notes from an interview with Dean Ween from 2018 on the Music Is My Life podcast, as well as another story from Dean uh, regarding the, the recording of Quebec, uh, which is from 2014. And that's about it. Most of it's just, you know, straight from Dean's mouth. There's also the, the first, a, a first for this the show an actual message to the viewers and fans from tom himself this is from straight from tom he says to the ween faithful and also imagine all this with a wonderful um ambiguous european accent says i I don't know for sure but something tells me that among your ranks are some hyper pedantic keyboard warrior uber fans living in a state of perpetual readiness to pounce on any perceived irregularities or omissions when it comes to their beloved ween should this be the case i say to you don't be like the red cross fans don't, but also check out the episode. It was a good episode. But the fans are kind of fucking pussies. Sorry, but also this because I know how much they loved it. I'm just gonna say it. I don't even believe it. I, it was just one song, but I'm just gonna say it to piss people off. Red Cross sounds like the Vines. <laughs> uh, he goes on to say, if you spot something on the show that you know to be inaccurate, or there's some tasty tidbit about whose girlfriend's sister's cat was used for a photo on the inner sleeve of one of the albums that doesn't get mentioned. Be happy that you can make a contribution and post a friendly comment, helpfully informing the show and viewers of something they might not otherwise know. The world will be a better place for your contribution. Patronizing, condescending, confrontational comments don't help anyone. They make you look like a petty tool. Be a force of good in the world. Peace and love, Tom. Thank you, buddy. That was eloquent and beautiful. And yeah. if Damn, that's pretty cool from a Weezer fan to say. <laughs> it's only that's why he wrote that. Listen, we all know Weezer's better than Win. <laughs> so it just gets out, it gets out of the way now. Rivers Cuomo, this is songbird of multiple, not just one generation, multiple generations. Man, I fucking have always found them to be the most overrated band in the fucking world. And but then again, I, I'm coming from Camp Ween. Coming, I'm, I'm saying it's from Camp Ween. Ween is good. <laughs> Ween is good. Ween is good. Uh, so anyway. This comes from uh so yeah so for those who don't know Ween is made up of Gene Ween and Dean Ween of course those are not the real names there's it's those uh, aren't those they're Christian God given names they are not they're biblical God given names I'm afraid it's not the same Gene from the Bible it's uh Gene is uh Aaron Freeman and Dean is uh, Mickey Melchiondo and I think it's how you pronounce that I think it's Melchiondo Melchiondo I'm not not sure how to pronounce that but. I like Malchiano. Malchiano. Uh Yeah, so they, it's them two. They've been playing together since they were fucking babies, essentially. Young boys, probably 16, 
or teenagers and uh both on guitar gene on vocals sometimes dean on vocals once in a blue moon but and then eventually mostly dean on guitar and then um and gene on vocals exclusively um especially at least for like live performances it's mm-hmm. always gene um on vocals by by itself for the most part have you seen them live no it's it's always been like a, i need to see them and then they broke up and then they now they're reunited but like sporadically and I'm i gonna, missed every reunion show i'm gonna let you test the waters and you can let me know what that's like and then maybe i'll i remember seeing a live a live performance of theirs i think it, it maybe it's on youtube but it's it was from like 2004 or no or maybe 2005 mm-hmm. and it was so good oh oh no i i fully believe they're a great live band yeah. i just i don't know if i want to deal with oh you mean like the experience this, of it. this based on that one guy one guy the one ween fan i i knew that oh. i talked about it Right, you mean the I, I don't want to deal with the crowd full of that guy. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I hope, it, I, I hope there'd be a lot more. Like, just they're there with the people they love. They I hope they'd be cool. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, but, uh, yeah, they're really, they're really convincing live. Like, really fucking amazing arrangements of these songs that sound like they have like a million overdubs mm-hmm. and a bunch of goofy cuts and stuff. They pull them off really fucking well live. But this is from Dean. He's uh. Dean recalls his first exposure to music uh, came from his dad's record collection. Dean, uh, Dean said that his dad was into like soul, doo-wop, old country, and then later on funk. He says he remembers his dad singing like old Hank Williams, Bob Lewis, and his Texas Playboys, George Jones, Merle Haggard, Willie Nelson. Uh, he also had records by Parliament, a diverse record collection that uh, later included Cool and the Gang. All this, all these crazy, wild, diverse influences make so much sense when you hear yeah. some of these later, like mid to later albums. Yeah, for like... Mm- modern past 20 years now it's like it's cool to listen to everything and there's still elitists who are like strictly i only listen to this but um yeah for back in the day that is and it and no one was like jumping all over the map doing a million genres so it's it's kind of amazing they even be, got signed at all but he was later turned on to, to ziggy stardust you know Leonard, uh, Leonard skinner's uh one for the road live record Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes, uh, but apparently the the Beatles was the big one. Um, Dean says they've always been they've always been his favorite band. So I guess they met in uh, junior high typing class in '84. Dean and uh, Dean and Gene, and they were both doing a bunch of fucking weird music shit on their own. Like um, apparently Dean first got a drum set and then a guitar, which he tuned to a chord and then played up and down the fretboard with his thumb. <laughs> uh, and uh, he'd record himself playing drums in the basement and then go upstairs and play guitar, copying the tape from one boombox to another. Uh, and I guess Gene was doing kind of similar stuff at the same time. Little side quest here. Speaking of maddening ways to play guitar. Have you seen little Wayne play guitar? No. You're you would get mad. <laughs> really? It pissed me off and I don't even play guitar. <laughs> what does he look like? He doesn't use a strap. Oh, he just holds it? He holds it. So he's picking with his thumb. What a fucking idiot. That is holding. Yeah. And then, so because of that, he doesn't go, I guess it'd be considered lower if you go up yeah, right yeah he doesn't play lower notes because he fucking can't because he's like holding it like a fucking weirdo yeah and like his thumb isn't behind the neck it's like oh my god so he just stinks he just can't play the fucking instrument it sounds like like a complete complete uh, rookie that's yeah it's 
it's been going on for a year. Like no well, one, no one's gonna correct him. He's loaded <laughs> and he's extremely famous. <laughs> it's gonna be like, hey, no, you're not supposed to. There's a strap. You, 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 maybe you could sit down. Would you like to sit down? <laughs> he he has a strap on the guitar, but he doesn't. All right, fucking, he stinks. What, I mean, what, can, what, can, what can I say? What can I say? <laughs> Sorry. Oh Jesus Christ! I heard the playing with his thumb thing, and yeah. then. Uh, Wheezy popped into Fuck my head. I'm sorry for God that. God damn, that dude sucks. Uh, apparently, Gene's dad was a hippie. He, he's uh, his records included Nina Simone, uh, the two first two Velvet Underground records. Check out that episode. I hate them. Uh, and Richard Haven's Alarm Clock, uh, Beefheart. Check out that episode. Love Beefheart. And uh, they both love Devo, uh, Laura Anderson's O Superman, and Doctor Demento. Check out Devo. Yeah, hell yeah, love Devo too. Um, I think the first thing they wrote together was "You Fucked Up," which we'll hear. I think it's the opening, yeah, the opening yep. track on the first album. And Dean says that by this point, he started becoming obsessed with Hendrix and Zeppelin. Check, Check out, out both those episodes. <laughs> Dude, man, we, we got a, we, we, we did have a, nice we have back. a fucking backlog. We have a fucking archive of, we've covered so many fucking albums on this podcast. For uh, so little money. I, so little money. <laughs> Please join the Patreon. Uh, so that's Hendrix and Zeppelin is when he's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to be a guitar player. And to his credit, he became fucking great. He's a very, very good guitar player. Also his fucking, I'm sure everyone watched this has already seen his episode of, uh, all oh, they took the noisy channel, took it down. So it is noise. Well, it's all noisy. It was on noisy, but it was a, it was a specific guitar moves. It was guitar moves. They're gone. They're off YouTube now, all those episodes. Um, but it was, Guitar moves, which is from the, it was on the noisy channel. Um, and it was with, uh, yeah, Dean Wee and his, his episode on that was like the fucking best. It was so charming. And he was so, he's such a real dude. He's like, Dean Wee really reminds me of Mike Watt. Mm-hmm. The way he talks, he's just a fucking blue collar, you know, salt of the earth, just regular dude, really funny, but just not, just not trying to be, he's just, he's yeah. just always himself, no matter what. Yeah. Check out the Minuteman episode, by the way. Uh, and on there, he was talking about, like, I mean, where I come from, it's just, just, just two kinds of guitar players. You, the ones that have their guitars above the dick or below the dick. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that is the two type of guitar players. He probably wouldn't be upset at Lil Wayne. He'd be like, oh, you're above You're the above dick. the dick. You're above your... <laughs> who cares how you're holding it? Oh, man. But... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we don't have too much about about the, the the origins, other than they linking up them linking up when they were kids. And who cares? Because there's a lot of fucking music to to dive into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first record they're going to be covering is like um, it's not the first thing they ever recorded. There's EPs and live shows. Yeah, there's like little things before that. But this first album is like, all right, we're going to get all the stuff we recorded over these years. We're going to put it all in one album. And apparently, according to According to Dean, everything they did during high school, it was recorded in Dean's parents' basement, all with real drums. Um, and he says a lot of people didn't realize that there were, those are real drums. But uh, in 1990, Dean's parents sold their place and he and Gene found their own place to live. And that's where the rest of everything happened. So yeah, before this first album, they had like uh, Erica, Erica Peterson's Erica Peterson's Flaming Crib Death, The Suicidal Squeegee Lip, uh, the, the Live Brain Wedgie, Wad Excerpts, Ween 2, Axis Bold as all little demo tapes little stuff uh with a lot of overlapping songs Mm -hmm. different versions of course and then uh this first album because today we're gonna how many albums are we talking about 11 12 how many (laughs) 10 plus one 11 oh yeah god critters of the sack yes there we go so 10 10 and a half 10 and a half sure critters of the sack is fans know it 
but it's not like an official release, but we're going to talk a little bit about it um, when it comes up later on. But all aside from that, 10 albums that we're going to be talking about. First one came out in 1990, last one, 2007. And the first album, yeah, so it was put out on Twin Tone, which I didn't realize. And the there's a lot of Rollins band overlap with Ween. Um, Andrew Weiss, who was a long time, uh, or maybe not long time, I don't know how long he was bass player for Rollins band. He was a ba- good good while he's bass player for Rollins band, at least for like a lot of the albums I like. Would you say he's a legendary bass player? Legendary. Uh, <laughs> Theo Van Rock uh, mixed it as well. He's also a mixer for Rollins band. And then uh, it was, uh, the recording engineer was Greg Frey, which uh, did a couple of Foo Fighters albums, apparently. Yeah, might as well fucking get into it. There's a whole lot to talk about. This has been yeah. a, a bit Let's of get a lengthy intro. So here we go, baby. This is the first album. Here we go. 1990s. God wins Satan, the oneness. I was not expecting a uh, sledgy garage rock with screen vocals. Not quite Ocean Man. I mean, there's no. I don't think there's even another song that's you fucked up either. Nope. No, there isn't. <laughs> so this is basically I, the first song ever. Coming in cold, I I had like no idea how crazy the guitar playing was either. He Dean is a fucking awesome guitar player. So that song is a delightful, chaotic opener this album fucking rules yeah i I didn't know i mean i i guess i shouldn't have expected anything but for some reason i thought this was going to be a rougher listen and the only thing that makes it a, a hard listen for new people is the sheer amount it's a long album like i said you have like 27 appetizers. It's literally 29 songs on here. Or 29. Yeah. You have 29 appetizers. This isn't a main course. You are at a, a food truck uh, rally. Sounds weird. Food truck rally. A food yep. truck rally. And you're sampling everything. Yeah. And you're going to throw up at the end. But there's a lot of cool shit you're going to eat. There's a lot of cool <laughs> shit. And. So this was this is actually the last Ween album I ever heard. This is yeah. I got to, I heard this one after every other album, and because of that, uh, I, I kind of neglected it. It was at the tail end of my like when I was going nuts on it. Yeah, I I actually well, I, everyone's different, but I actually think that's smart to not go in linear linear fashion. It's a tough band to go. My introduction, I think, is a bad introduction to them. I got mm. like I'll get to it when we get to the albums, but. I started out with an album that I shouldn't have, and it, it, it took me longer to get into the band as a result. But this, um, I kind of neglected this one. Um, I didn't love it as much. It actually was one of my lesser favorite albums for years. Interesting. Go, going back to it now, it's fucking so good. It's, it's. I don't even know how to. Okay, this is gonna be a hard one to talk about because there's so many songs, and they're they're so mostly different. short. They're all there's a few normal ones, a few long ones, but mostly short. There's a couple really long ones, but they're all in within a minute, a minute and a half, under a minute, sometimes two minutes. And they do so many fucking different things. There's so many different. I have my notes for this album are they're ridiculous. They're, they go on and on and on. Yeah. 
there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of fast stuff. There's a lot of, um, I guess moments that can kind of be like, Oh, that's punky. That's mm-hmm. garagey and punky. There's a lot of that where we won't get too much of that later on. There's a lot of scream vocals. I mean like fat Lenny, just so much fat Lenny. Yeah. Like I thought of beef heart there. I thought of, especially like lick my decals off. Cause they're talking about licking things in that song. So lick my decals off from, or from sorry. Captain Beefheart. <laughs> Yeah, li- yeah, uh, that's lick, what it's- yeah, let me uh, lick, uh, lick my decals off, baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I thought of that song. Oh, yeah. Because they're talking about licking things, ah, and the, yeah. the vocals were, I thought, beef hearty. And uh, dude, I, I mean, there's also when I when I think of like the quirky, goofy stuff. Maybe not beef heart exactly, but vocally, it made me think of that. I got a weasel, which is just it's like jokey, and there's a lot of jokey shit on here. I mean, it's Ween. There's gonna be it's gonna be very jokey, but. Uh, those vocals are just, it's really swinging and it's really grabbing and it's charming and it's fun. It's like, there's actually solid riffs and really good guitar work. Even if it's a joke, it's still like fucking kind of well done. In my brief research, I guess that's also like one of their earliest songs. Too. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's like among the earliest songs they've uh, written. You go, I mean, there's 29 songs on here. Well, on the earlier pressings, there was only 26 hippie smell, Bumblebee part two and Stacy weren't on the original, but seven songs in and every single song is so fucking so different i mean tick i mean what what <laughs> i mean it's catchy as hell and it hits really hard but it's just ridiculous uh i'm in the mood to move really reminds me of the butthole service check of that episode yes there are um there are ween songs i i wrote it once and then i kept writing it so it is like a a repeat there are like bad acid trip songs very yeah. similar to butthole surfers yeah 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 definitely some weird fucking trips what was it bumblebee is pure chaos with these ugly notes and a really cool ride symbol and there's always this batch of guitar solo the whole thing fucking works and then it leads right into bumblebee part two for the reissue um it it, it sort of just feels like one big song Mm -hmm. um if you if you put the two tracks together never squeal jazzy smooth swinging completely different from everything else i mean has a clean talk singing talk singing like if someone heard lounge music yeah. and was like, let's play it fast. Exactly. <laughs> it's let's make lounge music very fun. Essentially fucking up on the hill is nuts. I mean, it's like acapella gospel soul. And it's like, it's ridiculous, but I was like, all right, it's, I don't enjoy it musically. It's kind of great. And then the instruments come in and it's, and it gets, uh, it turns into like a higher energy rock. And I'm like, fucking it's fun. I like it. It won't, it like, it's just too quirky it's, and goofy and fun and with legitimately solid hooks it's crazy in two minutes yeah old time r&b type song and then it turns into a ccr song yeah. which makes like sounds crazy but also like if you're a big ccr fan also check out that episode Hell yeah. it totally makes sense yeah to- exactly this sounds like really energetic uh, young kids with a lot of tenacity and a lot of talent listen to a ton of fucking music and just all right let's go wild let's just fucking write it all yeah uh wayne's pet youngin has a 25 count intro which is <laughs> fucking hilarious to me it's like a um you know basically a punk song really distorted vocals but very fun and very cool arrangements but uh It'll be a lot easier to talk about the bigger songs because the first one is Nicole how do you feel about Nicole I wrote that as a, a thumbs up. It probably doesn't need to be 10 minutes. It is nine minutes and 20 seconds. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Not exactly 10. No, I know. Le- but I mean, le- it is yeah, long. Leave me, leave, 
Leave me alone, weirdos. Um, <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Anytime a white band does reggae and they don't do the accent, that's good. That is good. I like it. It probably doesn't need to be that long, but don't I like stand it. Stand so close to me. And then I would I would eat my words later on the Kukaracha. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> but here, here, very yeah. smart. Didn't try to do the accent. No, it is a silly reggae song with really goof, goofy harmonized vocals, and it does have an admittedly catchy main hook. Mm-hmm. It, it's it just doesn't work for me. I, I I do like it more the more I hear it, but it, it's more like a, a Stockholm syndrome kind of <laughs> enjoyment of the song because I I just don't like reggae even when it's silly and goofy. It, it's really hard for me to like jump on board. Not openly reggae. No, I'm not openly not yet. Not even closeted reggae. In my own private life, I am not reggae. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it could be worse. And it's also nine minutes, so it's it fucking it doesn't work for me. Um, but then. If, you, if we're going to jump to another lengthy song, we got to go to Let Me Lick Your Pussy. <laughs> which, oh, yeah. Which I remember when I first heard this and I was so annoyed by it. Like, this is fucking almost nine minutes of this. I love it now. I yeah. fucking love it now. Because it made you listen to two live crew and then we've covered Tim Buckley. Yeah. Like, we've li- we've laid the groundwork for you to love this song. It's fucking <laughs> It paid off because it's so it's a semi cover of Shockadelia um, and parts of Alfred Street by Prince mm-hmm. like semi cover. Um, but the way these guys do funk makes me love funk. Like this band is the reason I decided to give country a shot. Mm-hmm. This band is the reason I am OK with with funk. This, this band is the reason I'm, I'm OK with like Latin music along with Mr. Bungle. It's like. Ween and Mr. Bungle made me like genres I would never even ever dream of touching because they just did it fucking great. Yeah. They they do funk. Ween is my favorite funk band, essentially. <laughs> they do funk well. They, they sure do, do. Very well. Huh? I'm going to... Uh, no comment on that one. <laughs> I, I love it. I they love it. They do it well. Yes. But it is it is a funny song. It is a funny song and it's it, an actual, actually catchy song. What do you think of Hippie Smell? It's a um, bonus track, but still. Yeah, the, so they do dabble in country, as you said. That's one of the more like overt country yeah. things on there. And also like even maybe even like a they're probably more like peers, but uh I could see like a Dino Jr. doing that song. Ah. Dinosaur Jr. if you want to use more syllables. Yeah, yeah, of course. More syllables. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, that would, that's a wild song, too. It's definitely hippie sounding, but I like it. Yeah. Um Really busy drums going wild and stuff. And then, you know, halfway through it goes through the shift and gets very jammy dad rock kind of kind of feel to it. Uh, but it's solid. And it's funny how that has a, that much range and it's fucking two minutes long. It's it's impressive. It's a it's a lot to take in, but it's it's impressive. That's a lot of what this is. It, this isn't a fair album to just like a lot of punk albums, I guess. It's not really fair to go track by track because even though you can, because you can dig into each song because they're they're all so mm-hmm. like, dense. Uh, it's really the whole package that feels like a certain thing. No other no other well, Weenub feels like this one. Whenever I have that like initial um, knee jerk reaction of like there's there's too there's too much here. It's moving too quick. I think. Like the first album, I I know I had that feeling too. Was the the like minor threat? Oh yeah, minor threat. Yeah, um, episode where I was just like, what? 
like what is this and then after like now i can like i'm like no these songs are different yeah and these are obviously very different but yeah yeah, whenever i get the like fatigue like whiplash of like that was too much i just like just breathe and maybe come back to it yeah i listened to this like a punk album even though it's fucking 76 minutes or whatever um it's very long album i still uh can enjoy it like a punk album where it's it has this really earnest raw presentation to it the production is good but it's not like sparkly clean um you know giant uh crunchy or anything it just sounds good and even it the the way i find double nickels on a dime from minutemen to be perfect production for that band mm-hmm. where it's like you don't even notice it because it, you it just feels like the band was meant to sound like that yeah these songs feel like they're meant to sound like as if it's like there's nothing really uh dirty or abrasive or like distracting about the production it's just very very comfy unless it's supposed to be and my my exception is puffy cloud the closer which sounds the most like a demo compared to everything Mm. here um has this electric uh electrical buzzing kind of going throughout i it's cute i don't love it um has these really monotone half asleep vocals there's a lot of um especially like the next album there's a lot of vocals are singing like this and this is how the song goes i mean it's very jokey in that sense um but it doesn't work for me much on that song i also don't care for mar uh marble tulip juicy tree so much it's five minutes and you, you get a little taste of they do a lot of pitch shifted vocals a lot of artificially higher and lower voices you mm-hmm. oshima has the pitch shifted lower vocals uh they do that a lot i'm generally not a fan of that in ge- like i don't like that sound i i tolerate it with ween because the songs are so fucking good but that most is, of the time i just kind of tune it out yeah they're they're definitely more annoying vocals they do they're yeah i get what you're saying about the like, yeah 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 there's it's silly it's funny uh but it's not like <laughs> musically invigorating i guess uh there's I, a lot of interesting moments in marble tulip juicy tree as well but it's 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 so late in the album and it's long and it doesn't do enough to to hold me at that point after you know 70 fucking minutes also supposed to weasel is pretty fucking funny uh it ends with them incorrectly playing the intro to roundabout by yes which i think is pretty fucking funny um it's also really a fucking great song uh, um yeah yeah i think it's it's a big you know it's like a big crisp acoustic ballad but fantastically written a really moving guitar solo i, I mean there's just every, you pick a fucking song in here and there's like so much to say about it it's it's really fucking dense you bought up Latin rock, but failed to bring up El Camino. Uh, El Camino. So it's their first, but not last, over-the-top Spanish song. And kind of like a nod to, if not cover of like White Rabbit. Oh, oh, is that right? Yeah. There, There's a lot to listen here. I don't remember if it was like a tip of a hat or like or just yeah cover, like, but still minimum gives off that vibe yeah it's a it's got you know you're right because i'm thinking about the marching band snares yeah in there yeah um it works i i I enjoy it it's uh it has like the genius doing the really silly accented vocals and he'll continue to do those silly accented vocals for every spanish song it's so funny how i'm like yeah don't do the don't do the reggae accent but do the spanish one (laughs) yeah that one 
still offensive, but I could tolerate. Man, I don't care how offensive it is. Voices are funny. I after, part of my job is listening to funny accents. Yeah, like, and I, I just can't get enough of it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I'm fucking rules. Uh, I like it way more now than I ever did before. It's so fun. It's a bad place to start with them. I would I would imagine, unless you're like you're really big on garage rock and punk and. Um, I don't know, silly music, I guess. Yeah, it like runs the gamut of all these different things and it it helped build their fan base, but um yeah, it's it's just a lot to take in. It's a lot. Uh, apparently this is recorded on a 16 trap track tape in Andrew Weiss's Weiss's living room. Like how does thought, it sound this fucking good? Why did I think they were using Forge? Tracks. Four tracks. Is the next album. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this one actually sounds good, and the fact that it was—that's we recorded in the living room. Fuck it, man. Um, and Dean described the record specifically as being like a, a kind of greatest hits of Ween from like the earlier stuff, and it, it makes sense that everything after this album is going to sound a pretty good amount different. Like this one, it has like the most—I don't know—a uh, youthful, carefree, fun energy to it. Because you know what, I'm surprised and hearing that quote like it would be like a a fun like concept album it's like it's a greatest hits and the band is this i mean it's what they do it is what they do that, that is just funny pretend every song is from a different band yeah it, a lot of these could really pass off as just different bands yeah that's they were insanely diverse even this early on which is super fucking impressive but it so this album the last thing i'll say before we move because you got to move on this yeah, al- yeah, we do. <laughs> I know. This album sets up what they'll do for the rest of their career without actually sounding like it very much. Mm. It sets up the crazy diversity, the goofiness, the silliness, the the, the, the genre hopping, the the deep, uh, complex, big, um, you know, emotional songs. But it doesn't sound like anything they'll they'll do later. But it 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 does the things that they will do. Just in, in just doesn't sound like it. Um, but I think it's fucking awesome. It's a great debut and. Probably a, a favorite amongst fans, I imagine. But time to move on. You ready? I'm ready. Hell yes. Yeah. So now, now we're moving on. Uh, this came out in 1991. Is this the first? No, no, no. This is on. This was put on Shimmy Disc. So their last record, I think, uh, independent. Mm-hmm. This is 1991's The Pod. Oh, crank it. I think it's going to get louder. So. I don't know if it is. But maybe it probably is. You're right. I got my finger on volume, but cool. so. No, it's not. Yeah, I cranked it. So this is one hell of an opening. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. So this is what I mean about the funny vocals, the slurred, yeah, mumbly, I'm drunk vocals. Yeah, this is like an old-timey rock band, and you just walked in on the last minute of their set. Except this is the whole song, and it goes on for three minutes. The band's just doing a big outro. It's just a, yeah, that's the whole song, and they're going to keep doing it. Yeah. It's actually funny. It's actually very funny. Is it enjoyable from like a song standpoint? No. 
which is why worst least favorite. Really? Yeah. And I, go ahead. I I had issues giving that title out. So did I? I mean, I like this album a lot. I like yeah. all their albums. I'm a giant fucking fan. But if I have to pick a worst, I'm going to pick this one. It 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 came close between one other one that I think mm-hmm. has a strong argument, even with fans, to be worse. I picked this one because, um, this is as a as an album experience. I'm not talking about the fucking amazing songs that are on here because there are amazing songs in here. As an album experience, this this one is insanely long. It's 76 minutes. It's uh, recorded with the the most lo-fi, shittiest four-track recording. It has the worst production, and it has the worst pacing. Literally, for the first nine songs, nine tracks in a row, it's I I hate it. I love it. I hate it. I love it. I hate it. I love it. And that's just like it's just too inconsistent. Um, there are songs on here that I think are just, they're not like shitty songs. They're just really over the top, goofy, complete jokes and not really good for multiple listens. That's why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. But, but <laughs> the songs that land are so fucking great. Like Dr. Rock is the, is the follow-up track, which fucking rules. I love that song. It's fuzzy vocals yep. with riffs that like. It could be a cheap trick song. Yep, exactly. Um, Sounds like shit, but it's a great song. Yeah, it's it's funny because the song lengths are more of the normal variety now. Yeah, yeah. No more. Um, there's no eight, nine, ten minute songs on here. Very there's few the, minute long songs. Yeah, this, they're mostly in the three minutes. Um, I found this to be similar to the previous album, but different. It's still ton of variety ton of variety and over overwhelming to new but i'm just like yeah there's there's this a lot of weird interesting stuff that uh i i need to like marinate on there's there's stuff that sounds like a beck song on mescaline like frank uh, frank is pretty fucking cool um that's a good example of the low pitch shifted vocals he actually reminds me of buzz Oh, okay. Um, this is like the beginning. I I would maybe like to do a a playlist where it's just all the the different parts of the stallion because yeah. I'm like oddly invested. In yeah, yeah, there's like five parts or something throughout many albums. Yeah, and the, this this part one, it's one of the meanest and heaviest things they've done yet. I think it's fucking awesome. Um, has even has like you know cowbell and tambourine. It's all a drum machine, but mm-hmm. it's very twisted, very very dissonant and ugly. Very cool it, song. Yeah, it feels like you're in the like like a caricature of like Detroit or whatever. It's this crime ridden. There's mm-hmm. like sirens going off in the background, or that like that's how I felt listening. And it's just it's crazy. It's very fucking cool. Uh, Oyo Asado is one of my least favorite wing songs. It's this is ordering Mexican food. <laughs> it's just ordering Mexican food. It's <laughs> is it silly and cute? Absolutely. Is it kind of funny and fun? Like absolutely. But like it's just a a jokey thing with him using a Spanish accent ordering mm-hmm. food. Um, what was it um? And then you get right after that, right to the ways and the rules of the world, which is one of their best fucking songs. It's a total Bowie uh, homage and it's, Oh, go ahead. Also. Yes. I, I got the Bowie vibes. 
but also, and this is just me being weird. Like I was like, fuck, sometimes it sounds like the band suicide doing like medieval music. I don't know if that oh, makes sense to anyone else. And interesting. Check out that episode that, on suicide. That's a deep, weird pull. It's a very interesting pull, but ween would be the band to be like what if what if suicide played Played immediately (laughs) that is interesting i think that that song is i think it's truly fucking beautiful it it shows how amazing writers they are because even though it's 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 clearly inspired by bowie it's kind of a bowie omar song they're not just mimicking it these are these are like i think absolutely brilliantly written progressions in in vocal lines like it's so it's I think it's an all-time favorite of of, their, of theirs of mine. Yeah, and that's like um, something they do throughout their career. They're not just like mimic, and you said it. They're not just like mimicking or doing homages. They're taking these these styles or these bands, and they're just like putting it through like the Ween filter. D- definitely, um, they're just so talented at, at writing different types of songs that. Um, when they try a, a different genre, it feels very natural mm-hmm. where like some, some bands and artists, they have just such a distinct writing style that, you know, they wrote like a, I mean, we've beaten this example to death. Uh, Josh Homme, where like, mm-hmm. you know, when he wrote a song, cause it has a, or Dave Grohl, perfect example. You know, when he wrote a song, mm-hmm. at least like a Foo Fighter, like it has like these types of progressions. Whereas we are, they're so fucking varied and diverse that you can't really point to, oh, that's a win progression. Yeah. There's just so many different types of things that they do. Um, Demon Sweat is basically like a, a pink, their version of a Pink Floyd kind of song. It's, yeah, it's weird. It's like the this almost like minimal electronic funk. And then it has like those like flanger, like no quarter Planet Caravan yeah. vocals. Yeah. Um, at two, uh, I mean, at two minutes thirty, bass and organs come in, and it gets really big and really moving. Uh, I, it's fucking, and it's rules. I think that was the first song where, like, the guitar playing, like, really, like, like, really caught my attention. He's he when he shreds, he fucking goes for it. He's yeah. absolutely awesome. Um, Don't sweat it is another one of the more serious songs on here. Strong moving riffs, solid vocal lines, hilarious drum machine that doesn't fit at all, but it's still <laughs> fucking cool. Okay, I I I kind of know how i feel like i know what you're gonna say but i still want to ask anyway how do you feel about oh my dear falling in love that's the most normal song they've ever done or at the let me at this point it's just maybe this feels normal to me i for some reason i love it so interesting it's corny and sappy and cheesy but it's just beautifully written and it's also like uh the intentionally out-of-tune guitar harmonies are pretty funny, mm-hmm. but I think it's, it's just like a really cheesy, sweet kind of love song. It, it's really, it's almost kind of qualifies as children's music. It's so like dorky, but I fucking love it. I think it's beautiful. I do love following that up with sketches of Winkle. Oh yeah. Let me tell you, I kind of wish they had like a side project or they just did like a metal album. Oh yeah. I mean, you could say this about any genre. They this like man when they go metal i love it's it. rare but they they can get pretty fucking heavy yeah it's super cool when they do it's not often uh but yeah that one is really really aggressive super chaotic it's one of the more rough sounding recordings on here 
Uh, but a lot of this does sound pretty rough. So there's two bad, bad trip songs. Yeah. Um, Laura. Yep. But most notably, the the standout one to me is She Fucks Me. Oh. That is, at this point in their in their short career, that is the king of their bad drug trip songs. It is a totally accurate, accurate portrayal of what time distortion feels like on shrooms. It just, <laughs> it can be a bad time. Holy shit. In the best way possible. That song does annoy the hell out of me. That is not a song I enjoy on here. I mean, those, I felt like that for hours. Just, just listen to that song for hours. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm sorry you had to. Uh, that's one of my, yeah, one of my, we, I, I was, so this album has some of what I think their best songs ever. Some of my favorite songs of theirs ever. And then every other song, Captain Fantasy, I think is like, all right. It's very like arena rock kind of kiss sounding. I don't love it. It's kind of, it's okay. Molly annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> Like I I don't know I just it feels like it never ends. <laughs> it's only four. It's well. It's to be fair. It's almost five minutes. But I, I thought you would. I thought you would like Molly. I feel like fans of Brainiac and Suicide would. I I thought of Brainiac. Yeah. I, I th- and that that might have been the only time I no. That's not the only time I thought of Brainiac with this band. But uh, it's it's so funny how compared to Ween. Brainiac looks so normal. It's that's the thing with like with a with a, with a band like Brainiac, uh, it's very much like like how I feel about like a, a drive like Jihu. Both episodes you should check out. Where I love that band, I don't like bands trying to sound like that band. Not that we're yeah. trying to sound like them, but I'm not necessarily. Get, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, oh, this band sounds like Brainiac. I have to hear them. It's like, you know, it's Brainiac was a special they, thing. They were very good at what they did. Yeah, it's not like that type of song is a selling point. They just happen to be spectacular and special. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that about Ween too. But uh, can you taste the waste? Is man, I, I just don't love it. Uh, the Di guitar on this album does sound pretty rough in spots i think it sounds pretty bad on that song i mean it's like very you know thin and and buzzy as di distorted guitar often sounds but uh boeing is another jokey one that i don't really care for uh it's seen with mononucleosis it's like it's not awful i just never cared for it uh, I, alone, I don't love uh, alone. I don't love moving away. There's like a lot of, there's so many songs on here, and a lot of them was like, ah, I could take her to leave it. Some of those songs have got beats, like fucking rad beats that should be like sampled. Oh, oh, you know, what? I'm thinking of um, with moving away. Yeah, um, I really find I think Gene sounds like coincidentally Eugene from Oxbow. Mm. It really reminds me of one there. Um, yeah, but other, other than that, though, like, uh, and there's also, it closes with the Stallion part two, which is definitely one of my least favorite songs on here. Um, but you need it for the saga. You do need it for the saga, <laughs> but I don't love it that much. Uh, and yeah, so it's like, it's always kind of been my least favorite. The one where I, I've listened to it so many times because of the songs I love on it, but I've always found it be like, man, this album is really long. It's mm-hmm. really kind of, there's like a ton of absolute fucking gems, but there's an equal amount of songs that I just, I can never listen to again and be fine. Um, the diversity in here is, is 
truly insane for better or for worse. Um, plus it's like, it's, it's just the worst produced. It's the longest. Um, it's the hardest to sit through beginning to end from like a, a, an album standpoint. It's like just the least consistent, I think out of all of them. I had a very similar reaction as I did to the previous album while acknowledging that this is a different beast. I believe the consensus is that this is considered like darker, dark. I think uh, the, I think there's like yeah. like a few. You know what? I bought up how it has beats for days. If you if you scroll down a little, I think there's like hip hop or like electronica. I don't know where I read that. Maybe it's a different album. Never mind. I thought there were like oh yeah, Aphex Twin. Oh okay. So I feel like those songs where I'm like oh. Apex Twin probably sampled yeah, some of that sense. shit. So, like, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's definitely darker than the first album. There's not as much... There's still... I mean, there's a ton of jokiness on here, but it, the the serious songs are way more serious and way yeah. more intense. And it's also... It also sounds like it should be the first album. It has, like, the most... The roughest recording out of every album. This is the roughest sounding album by far. Um, it's, like, it's the four-track album. Recorded in a barn, too, right? Was it? Oh, sorry. I thought you were looking up the barn thing. Oh, no, never no, mind. Never no. mind. Dean describes this uh, for this record in the next one. He says, said that he says the sound took a total shift as a result of him and Gene moving into a small apartment together. Squeezing a drum kit in there wasn't an option. So using a four track, they went into more of what people considered to be lo-fi and experimental, quote unquote, but it was only out of necessity. Uh, Dean confirms that that Phaser, Wah, and Echo have remained his go-to, gar- uh, go-to guitar effects all the way to this day. He's always played Stratocasters and always wanted to emulate Jimi Hendrix. Uh, he, quote, uh, he quotes him. He says, um, I've tried other stuff, but that's my thing now at this point. There's no way backing out of it now. Uh, but he committed, does it well. Committed to the bit. Definitely. Uh, and still has his own personality with it easily. But yeah, the pod, my worst and least favorite, always been my least favorite out of all of them. Still has fucking, man, some of the greatest songs I've ever done on here. Uh, but it's a, it's a tough, lengthy listen for me. But time to move on. Man, it's hard to not. It's hard to to speed up talking about these albums when I have as much, and there's fucking eight left. I'm gonna let you. <laughs> Shit. All right, all right, let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Okay, now we are at the the fucking end of of an era. They have been signed to Electra. How? I don't fucking have any idea. Someone go back in time and let Sleep know that Ween is on Electra, and they're better off going to Electra. Better off going to Electra. If you listen to all of our stuff, you'll yes. you'll learn the saga of, of sleep. The and, saga of... Uh, check out that episode. It was dope, a great episode. Dope Smoker. Great episode. Great album. So they're signed to Electra. I don't know how this happened. I'm glad it happened. And they'll be signed to Electra for a while, which is even more baffling. Electra is clearly the cooler record label. And the same record label that dropped the Stooges. Oh, after, shit. After Funhouse didn't sell well when it's their fucking greatest object of the episode. I guess it depends just... what era you get in and who yeah. you know. Yeah. So here it is, everybody. Their major label debut. This is 1992's Pure Guava. <laughs> Hear that high budget production? I was, I was like, how do you even... How do you even talk to people about this song? Like, you can't. But I love it. This is it. Half the people listening to this are like, oh, this is kind of fun. And the other half are like, what the fuck is... That's just what this is. Either you love it or you don't. 
love it. This is a beautiful, beautiful progression. Sure, his vocals are completely half asleep. And it has a fun, funny, thin guitar and a drum machine. But I think it's fun as hell. I, I love that opener. I'm still seeking out my feeling, and it's like net net neutral for me. This album, uh, I neglected it a little bit. I listened to this one a few times this time just because I, I heard it a lot, but not as much as some of the others. This is one of the sillier albums for sure. They're all, they're all well, to me, they're, they're, they're all, all silly. They're all silly, but this one is like a really good indicator of like the silly drum machine era. Um, I, you can kind of count the pod in there as well, but this is like, it's like the peak of it for me. Like the, the pod was very budget and it had a lot of weird craziness and darkness to it, even mm-hmm. though it was still goofy. And then the album after this is like, they still have the drum machines, but they're weaning off of it. Pardon the pun. And they're like, they're going into, you know, more, um, diverse kind of like a genre specific stuff and a full live band and stuff here was like drum machine quirky silly weird impossible to categorize into any genre mm-hmm. this is a weird fucking album i mean it is, this is one of the weirder albums for sure yes um so one of the one of the big ones and i i i hate it like it's the most like offensive annoying vocals to me is pushing push little daisies and their first hit that's i i had to i have to have like remembered the beavis and butthead episode i don't know where else i heard the song Uh i didn't see it on beavis butthead yeah like so many bands it's kind of like yeah it helped it helped them dude push little daisies like i've cited it in the past as like um songs that blow up for a band that didn't make sense. Like for a band like Ween, they have, I mean, countless just fucking brilliant songs. And this is, that's the one it, I like the song, but it's like, this it, is not going to bring people over. It had to be the like Beavis and Butthead effect. And I also think there are like, like weirdos who just kind of like, I think mean, this like speaks to part of their soul hearing those fucking like, the vocals the vocals are really they're they're basically chipmunk vocals they're they're no no it's it's something it's something else well chipmunk vocals are are very squeaky and like this is just really high it's just pitch shifted higher i think it reminds me of like when girls do the like oh i'm just a little girl (laughs) the baby the baby baby voice that's what pisses me off uh, I don't. I didn't get too many baby vocals out of it. I didn't hear like them I, using I W's mean, instead of R's and it's stuff. It's kind of like in the tight, like dropping the the E off the. It's. Uh, I I didn't hear it as like a a cutesy thing. I did hear it as though a little kid was like a baby yes. was singing. It sounds like a baby is singing. Yes. It, it definitely sounds like a, like a toddler or something. Um, they are pretty fucking annoying. I don't. But the song itself is like it's kind of like a Van Morrison song. Mm. Um, it's pretty it's a pretty cool song it's actually kind of catchy the vocals are just very 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 impossible to ignore you know what kind of chaotic mess i can get behind and it's probably offensive to other people but you know for me with that reggae junkie jew reggae junkie jew is i just enjoy the fuck out of it and i what kind of song is that how do you explain what kind of song that is i can't it's just an electronic mess and the baseline fucking rules yep it's 
it's super groovy, but a bunch of synth like marimbas. Is that what that is? It's like, <laughs> sure, let's go with that. Yeah, super complex rhythm, really schizophrenic spoken vocals. There's something really satisfying and hypnotic about it. Yeah. Uh, it's like, that's the kind of song that I would love to hear in like a Sega Genesis era video game. Mm. And if it was on loop for three hours, I wouldn't care. Yes, yes. Love it. Um, I actually also love uh, the Go and Get Tough from the get-go. There's just, it, I don't know, it... I could say that about so many songs. We're like, oh, it sounds like un- unlike anything they've done yet. Because yeah. basically every song is unlike anything they've done yet. But that one is just, it reminds me of something I can't put my finger on. Like talk, group, sung vocals, funky. It's its just weird. But it's, I don't know. It's something really alluring about a lot of these songs. Yeah, I think something that's like always in their DNA, but feels more prevalent in like these, these like darker electronic spaces. Because it's also there on I play it off legit, even if it's just like it's just people talking over it, but it's like the the instruments are so fucking cool and I totally get why like Aphex Twin likes these albums. Oh yeah, that's that song does fucking roll, played off legit. It's really chilling, really mellow, but it's still dark, like you said. Um and a lot of, this is kind of like the the percussion album, even though it's all a drum machine, mm-hmm. it's they seem to have like the most marimba sounding things on here. A really groovy uh, beat to a lot of these songs, and it's also like the most the most overt pitch shifted vocals out of all the albums. It's like it seems like we're going to go extreme with the the goofy vocals on this one. Yeah, yeah, probably like one of the least like funk driven albums from them. Like the funk is always kind of prevalent but here i i never really like found myself thinking about funk music too much no it, you, like the closest would be reggae junkie jew and it doesn't sound like funk no but it, there's just so many things that it's where a lot of their albums you could point to is like oh that song is this kind of music that song is inspired by this band a lot of this is like really blurry and weird it's it's kind of its own animal um, well, it's meant to destroy your speakers and earbuds like morning glory oh oh wait yeah that's that's yeah and of, of course it's like five minutes of course of course it is it can't be like an interlude it's just i don't it sounds like you know it's kind of it sounds like it's in between radio stations with that kind of static it yeah. has a lot of, i don't know why i like it i i do but I can see why it would annoy the hell out of people. <laughs> Look, we're talking about ween. You can try to justify why you like things. You, it doesn't matter. Like it, it doesn't. Yeah, it's not that kind of band. It's like, do you like it or not? That's it, just that's simply it. There's no convincing. Yeah. Um. But I do like a lot of like uh the stallion part three might be my favorite stallion. Um. Uh, so sure that the vocals that's, are annoying. It's not the high. Italian one. It is not the Italian stallion. Uh. The the vocals are very, you know, high pitch and annoying, but the song is like genuinely well written. I really, really wish that he sang it straight. Like that's mm. how fucking cool the song is. That's just a pet peeve of mine. But I also love Big Jim with those really muttery, more of those muttery, deep, slurry vocals where he's they successfully managed to make vocals sound like didgeridoos. Yeah, yeah, they do a lot of fucking goofy shit like that. God damn. Flies on my dick, eh? Eh? I thought, be, well, I, the lyrics didn't really like, I was like, oh, these are going to be overtly funny. Um, I like the guitar riffs. I like the, the like thumping bass on there, but, uh, I think touch my tutor is my favorite funny song on here. 
fuck, I don't love it. <laughs> I mean, it is funny. That sounds like Brainiac to me. That the vocals really reminded me of Brainiac. That one. Yeah. Um, what else do I love on here? I mean, there's still so many songs in here. Fucking um, uh, don't get too close to my fantasy is awesome. Another another Bowie inspired song. Yes, which you know they're like just pumping out songs. So it's like. Oh, it's another Bowie song, but it feels like an eternity since they've revisited Bowie. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like the the, the track from the pod. It sounds, uh, it sounds. It's, I mean, it's a different Bowie had a lot of range, so it's natural that them doing Bowie would also not quite be exactly the same. But and I love that acapella section at the end. It's just fucking beautifully read and feels really full and great. Um, it closes with "Poop Ship Destroyer," which is insane novelty music. <laughs> I mean. It's it too weird not to enjoy for me. There's just yeah. fuzzy bass swells and sounds like children's toys. But there's a lot of tracks that, that don't do it for me. Um, kind of like in the middle, like um, Pump It For The Man. Don't love it. Same with Sarah. And uh, I saw Gina crying asleep. Uh, like I said, Touch My Tutor. Hey, Fat Boy Asshole is another one that it's jokey. It's funny, but it just doesn't do much for me. They are the Spencer gift shop of uh, technical musicians. Yeah, it is. <laughs> this album does feel expensive gifts. Holy shit, yeah. Man. <laughs> better watch your back for that. Some fans are like, he called him Spencer's gift. Am I fucking wrong? You can go in there. You can find silly shit. You can find sex toys. Sounds like a fucking ween album. It's a me. pretty fuck. Hey, man, who doesn't like Spencer's gifts? Also, yeah, just embrace it. It's a fun store to go into. It's a fun store to go into. And it's a fun album to go into. Uh, it's not one of my favorites, but I still like find myself liking it quite a bit. Um, yeah, it might be one of my lesser favorite albums, but there's still all-time favorite songs are on here. Like every album has some, at least a couple all-time favorites. Yeah. So fuck it, man. I, I still dig it. I still dig it. Um, I'm sure every album is someone's favorite album with the, with a discography like this. That's kind of, I kind of like that. I would hope so. This was a uh, mastered by Howie, Howie Weinberg, who has d- done many records from the likes of Hank Williams, Rush, Genesis, Zappa, Glenn, Bro- Glenn Bronca, Suicide, check out that episode, Motorhead, Bob Murray, The Clash, check out that episode, Kenny G, Tom Waits, Danzig, check out that episode, Slayer, check out that episode, Ghetto Boys, and Swans, check out all those episodes. Holy shit. That's really diverse. Insane. That's Insane. ridiculous. But this next album is a huge shift. They are, they're now using... A band for the most part. They got Claude Coleman Jr. on drums, who will be kind of with them off and on forever. And you got some additional uh, bass by Mean Ween on bass. I don't know his name. (laughs) I'm sure someone does. Uh, Howie Weinberg also mastered this next one. But there's a, yeah, plenty to get into. It's a big album. Let's get into it, baby. This is 1994's Chocolate and Cheese. You're going to tell me I can't buy a poster of this album cover at a Spencer's gift. Yeah, 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 you definitely could. This song, all time, one of my all-time favorites. Fucking, oh. It's... They said, what if instead of Bowie... We do the doors. Yeah. I never thought about the doors, but you're right. I um, um, immediately. Yeah? Do you remember the doors? Dude, I distinctly remember 
being 20 years old, listening to this song while dating a girl that I was like no longer interested in dating, and hearing this song and being like, all right, I get it, I need to end, the, I need to end this. This song helped me realize that. I think uh, I was in... Uh, I don't know how I would have reacted to this at 20. It was like I liked weird stuff, but I don't know if I was like ready, ready. I don't know. This is a goofy album. Uh, this is, I think, uh, one of the favorites among fans. This is a pretty big album for them. That makes sense. I like it quite a bit. It is probably one of my favorites, but I don't love it the same way most Ween fans do, I don't think. Mm, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out. This one's goof. This one's yeah. crazy. This one has, this is where they start becoming, uh, we're trying all the genres. We're doing all the fucking genres. You're not going to, you're not going to guess what's going to come next. I mean, like at this point in, in my journey, um, like I think I love, I can't put my finger on it. It's like dirty. It's funky. There's yep. Latin stuff. I like, it's weird. Their approach to psychedelic music it's always like you know it's psychedelic but it's not in like a fucking obnoxious like worship way yeah Yeah. going back to like they know how to take these things and put them through the the ween filter yeah they're they're still like songwriters first and foremost um so that opener is just fucking incredible and then it it follows it up with spinal meningitis got me down such a weird follow but such a fucking awesome catchy song every song's a weird like I I, w- I wouldn't I would have no idea how to like arrange these tracks. No idea. Yeah. How to pace this album would be very confusing. There is because uh, there's one thing that don't I, I don't like that Freedom of Seventy Six is fucking track three because it's one of my least favorite songs. It's like a kind of like a dad rock homage, soft rock type thing. Mm-hmm. It's not even a bad song. It just holds the momentum mm-hmm. as track three. But even then, like it's completely unlike anything else in the album and they follow it with i can't put my finger on it which i think they performed it on like letterman or conan i forget oh i need to look that up it's such a fucking of all the songs in this album to play on tv they chose that one it's like bizarre it, it's I such get, a fucking crazy song i get it it's a cool song that that song is the king of being a buffet song where you get so many different things so many things it's like it has like an almost Asian sounding chorus with this Middle Eastern twang on the verses, a bunch of per- percussion. Uh, it, it just, and it's also goofy with these distorted vocals. It just doesn't make any sense. Like it works. <laughs> it's fucking, it's quirky. It's funny. It's cool. It is. It is the platypus of songs. It's a platypus song. That's a hundred. Jesus Christ. You describe it and you're like, that's that can't be real. That's, that's not a fucking an, thing. It's not an animal. That it's a, exactly what <laughs> that's it is. It's a mythical beast. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, the pacing of the first chunk, I think is like always been an, an if, issue with me, but like as it goes on, I, I appreciate roses are free. I, I have a fondness for it, but I just, I just don't, love it that much i do love the the circus guitar solo though or circus solo rather i knew you would yeah um in some ways maybe i'm being shallow because they're singing about flowers i was like it does kind of feel like a spiritual successor to pushing little daisies but it's better because the vocals aren't annoying (laughs) i don't like it as much yeah but yeah so the the pacing but i think about it it being kind of iffy in the first chunk is like 
uh, a tear for Eddie follows. I can't put my finger on it, which is it's super. I think it's beautiful, but energy wise, it just feels odd. Um, one of my like, well, I think like people who like Funkadelic, like one of the like most popular like standout tracks is like Maggot Brain because it's it's unlike anything Funkadelic really does. It's like that. That's it. It's this really like somber thing. I I believe I apologize for for forgetting the guitar player's name, but I believe like George Clinton told him like I need you to play like your mom just died. Yeesh. And we it's there's so many tracks throughout their whole career. They've somehow like made like the the track maggot brain into like its own genre. That's fucking wild. Yes. Oh man, that's pretty rad. Let me tell you something, brother. To piss off another rabid fan base, I listen to Baby Bitch. Yeah. And I'm like, fucking what's his face from Neutral Milk Hotel? Oh, get out of here. Get the fuck out no, of no, here. No, 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 no. Jeff let Mangum? Me, let me finish. Uh-huh. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> he he could never. Like, this ba- Baby Bitch, that's the song he's been chasing his whole career to write. You want me back over? You want me, you want me back over? Check out that episode, by the way. I lost you in the first half. No, got me, you in the second. Got me in the sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby Bitch is another all-time fucking favorite. Dude, it's... So there are high pitch, high pitch-shifted vocals on there, but they do sound good there. They're, they're kind of integrated better, really, on that song. I also like the... It's another, like, reoccurring thing of, like, somber, serious music with... Ridiculous, hilarious lyrics. Yeah. Hilarious lyrics. Uh, but beautiful chord changes, extremely hooky. Man, I, I can listen to that thing for forever. I absolutely love that song. Other favorites, Voodoo Lady. I mean, when they go wow. funky, they, they're just so fucking good at funk. Yeah, that's another song. I, I don't know where I've heard it, but I've heard it. Yeah. And like, it's infectious. Um, you know, if you kind of like roller coasters of love and... Mm-hmm. And you're like, I need more of that. Like this kind of scratches that itch, but it's totally different. Yep. Th- that percussion sounds so satisfying. It feels perfect. It's really groovy. They, uh, they've had it. I feel like it. they had to play that. I just like hear it and I'm like, I could see it in Beavis and Butthead. I don't I know mean, it, but. R- Roller Coaster of Love was in Butthead. Oh, in but, that's, yeah, that's, that's probably why. But uh, Drift in the Dark is this acoustic old timey folk song. Uh, but it, there's something really endearing about it. It's also maybe like their most serious song at this point. I didn't. I no, was like, I, I would, you mean lyrically? Because I mean, some of the fucking songs off the pod were super duper serious. Okay, I didn't look up all the, but initial like need. I was like, man, there's there's nothing real silly going on here. Yeah, I mean, but the song does sound like weirdly, kind of. Like non-threatening, which is, I guess, a little ironic considering the the title of the song, too. Yeah. But uh, Joppa Road is fucking gorgeous. Uh, really acoustic, um, really uh, heavy, heavily strummed acoustic guitars kind of kind of carry that one. Really gentle and like pretty chest vocal harmonies. Uh, and has this killer classical guitar solo on there. Yeah. Fucking awesome. The way you feel about that is how I feel about Buenos Tardes, amigo. It Buenos Badness, amigo. That is oh. the best spaghetti western song I've heard from a band. Like it, it's 
it's like a little mini movie. It's a mini Morricone song. Yeah. It's fucking very cool. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely one of the best Spanish influence songs, uh, including the accented vocals. And of course, you got to follow up an epic Eno Morricone kind of tribute with a silly circus song about HIV. The HIV song is one of the funniest and best songs ever ever it's so fucking great it's short it's a circus song it checks it's about, a lot of boxes he, for ju- Mike. <laughs> he just says aids <laughs> i mean that's the lyrics hiv and aids those are the lyrics and is it carnival music yes is it amazing also yes i fucking love it uh actually the, the final chunk of album is truly amazing like what dina was talking about is fucking great beautiful acoustic emotional really insanely well written it's songs like that where they're super simple on the surface. They seem like, oh, it's a song you put in a movie. It's a regular, normal, mainstream song. But this, it, it's just so, I don't know, those progressions are just original. I haven't heard that before. Like, this, it's it's simple, but you haven't heard before. It's so hard to do that. I would, I would also say, well, they're up until there's point there's maybe been like a song or two where you're like, that's crazy guitar playing. And of course, the songs are, are technically crazy. But I think this is like the first album where it's like a sleeper, like guitar classic, like, like you're, you're not going to see this on any list, but I think people who like are, are like passionate about guitar would be like this, this fucking album. It's cause like Dean is amazing. He's amazing in a way that Trey from uh, Mr. Bungle and secret chiefs three, the way he's amazing where he can just play anything. Um, if he, if you need him to shred, he'll shred. If you need him to play some weird Eastern sounding thing, he'll do it. Mm-hmm. You need to play any, they could just make anything convincing. Um, and that's a really un, I think unrecognized skill because not a lot of people can do that, especially where it sounds completely authentic. Yeah. Like, this is a completely different band entirely, but Trey played on, uh, King for a day for, for a lifetime from faith no more. And if you listen to a song like. If you listen to a song like Evidence from Faith No More and you listen to those guitar lines, super jazzy, buttery smooth, beautifully done, really like, oh, that's like a that's a jazz guitarist. But he's the same guy who did fucking Merry Go Bye Bye. And was, <laughs> like that's the that's the that kind of skill that Dean Ween has where no, he could just do the, all the things and you'll never even bat an eye. Yeah. That's true chameleons. Also, yeah. you know, maybe you know, he gets his fucking roses, but I would also, and a lot of people don't realize, I would also say like, like John Frusciante, just to be able to like mimic Omar's guitar playing on multiple albums and oh. no one like really like, they're like, oh, that's, that's Omar. No, it's, it's John Frusciante. Oh, interesting. Omar the Mars Volta. Check that episode. How much I love like Omar and they're just Omar and Cedric too. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, who else are you gonna be talking about? The Entertainer? I don't think so. Uh, sometimes, sometimes. Uh, and then it closes with "Don't Shit Where You Eat," which is another all-time favorite. I mean, so there's a lot of like acoustic songs on here, but they don't all feel like oh, here's another acoustic song. They always they're always acoustic in a different kind of way. Mm. Like where Joppa Road has this really lively. Uh, I don't know. It feels like you're in a field kind of open, open um, acoustic guitar sound where don't shit where you eat is a very closed, very simple, you know, just like three chords kind of thing. Um, very contained. 
And then, you, of course, you get like Drift in the Dark, where it's just, you know, folky and, and very lonely. It's just like a drift in the dark. Da, da. Oh, wait. That's, <laughs> Jesus. Like that's, a drifter. covering wings. I was doing fucking roller coaster in the <laughs> roller oh, coaster sorry. of love, but with I was, drift the, I was singing Rainbow in the Dark. Oh, goddamn, Dio. Um, but still, some of the songs on here are like. I think they just hurt the pacing and I don't love them so much. Like Candy, I don't like. It's like it's like the only song on the album that I think would fit right at home on the pod or Pure Guava. Um, it's, cute, it's cute and quirky, but I don't love it. Um, what is it? Mr. Would You Please Help My Pony? It's another soft rock kind of jokey song. It's cute. Um, I like the, some good moments in there for sure, but uh, I don't love it. A weirdly paced album that happens to have a ton of fucking brilliant songs on it. I would say for some people, maybe even me, this is a good entry point. This is a pretty good entry point. It's still going to be like, oh, that's silly. That's funny. That's. Uh, I don't think it's the best that's, entry point, but it's a, it's not every a bad album though. <laughs> there, I, there are two albums that I think are like this is a. If you have trouble with this, I can't help you. This one, <laughs> with this album, I can see like okay, yeah, I get it. I mean that song is. Candy's kind of weird. I, I don't expect the newbie to be like, oh, Candy, that's a weird fucking song. Uh, there's still moments on here where it's like, yeah, all right. But the songs I hate are just fucking incredible. I mean, they've grown considerably from the last album. It's it's like exceptional how much they've grown in two years just by adding like a drummer and bass player and stuff. Let's see. Oh, yeah, the cover. Uh, this is a fucking goofy one. Uh, so it has like the the girls like under boob with a, a wing belt apparently that's that's ashley savage who is a, a apparently a penthouse pet not as doesn't sound as good as playboy bunny no not quite uh also do you know what girls and hustlers are called are they this hose hustler horse no i think <laughs> horses dance meaner than hose um uh, yeah there's not like a there's no <clears throat> not a lot of info on on this model like i think i found um someone trying to write one of those uh 33 and a third you know those miniseries those little books it's usually about one specific album there's like a ton there's like a oh yes, yes 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 yes. there was uh, someone trying to do one on this album and they, Sh- you, you know what when this came out which one fucking body count no check out that episode uh they, they were trying to do one on this album and they could they, they said that ashley was like disappeared off the face of the earth like no one had any idea. Like she's there was there's not even any like info about her penthouse stuff. Like they say that she was a um a model, but there's no evidence of that. But apparently, according to Tom here, he says uh, the guys wanted actually they actually wanted a gay sailor theme for the cover, but the record company weren't jazzed with that. That'd been way funnier. It would have. I should have worn my torch T-shirt where it's like a a gay sailor with a a bondage lady on it. Ah, interesting, interesting. Uh, so your ween lives on through torch merchandise, yes. who aren't around anymore. So I guess it doesn't. Oh yeah, <laughs> guess it doesn't live that much. Uh, apparently, uh, somewhere around this time, ween uh, was playing on bills with jam bands like Fish. On that style of band, Dean has this to say. I'm not going to name names, but I'm just going to diss every single band on that scene. <laughs> Jamming is Deep Purple in Japan. That's jamming. Yes, live. King Crimson. It rocks. It jams. But it's in the context of a song. It's not all the jam. 
Plus, a lot of that stuff doesn't rock at all. Y'all, my brother is Grateful Dead, James Brown, jams. But you can't just start off with a jam. You're going to do a 20-minute song and it's pre-planned? Well, that's, a, that's bullshit right there. I'm always, I'm always waiting for the moment when the distortion kicks in. Ten minutes into the solo, all of a sudden the flanger are in distortion. You got the echoplex and you're freaking out on acid and your fists are in the air. It just doesn't happen. I think that's where we come in. I don't know exactly what he's talking no about. No fucking idea. At the end, he kind of goes up into this just fucking like thousand yard stare moment. But I think I agree with him. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I've talked so much shit about jamming in past episodes because like. When yeah, it feels you have. Like, it's it's also like an, an in the moment kind of thing. And then it also really depends on the piece. Like there's some pieces that just you feel like they don't you don't want them to end there's others where it's like you're just playing a fucking hard rock riff for 20 minutes and, and what's the point of that i'm gonna see the mars volta this saturday again for the 20th time so we'll see Ooh, okay 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 i'm excited for jamming that that is also a different kind of jamming too they do more of the experimental crazy kind of jamming hopefully dean is a fan of the the volta jamming i wonder i wonder i feel like he would be yeah but uh this uh yeah, it's a good fucking album. The uh, the first big step into what we're going to get a whole lot of next. Uh, so this next album is uh, a little bit of a detour, a very unexpected album, a very strange album. But let's get into it, baby. I'm, I'm glad it's here. This is our third week covering country music. Indeed, because this is 1996's 12 Golden Country Greats. I never thought... I didn't even know if we would venture into country music, let alone three weeks. Yep. Yep. Worth of it. Also, there are only 10 songs in this album. Beautiful. So this album title is extra great. In of my mind, that time cannot erase. This is legitimately beautiful. I, I quite love this song. The future, the past. Wheeler's next album, Should This Be With Wayne. That would be so great. That would be so great. So great. All these feelings I have And hoping for them to come true And I'm holding Something more precious than fine ore, baby, I'm holding you. Mm, those slides. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, this album is what made me give country a chance. Okay. I love this album. Yeah. 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 It's 2023. It's the year I sincerely got into country music it has a lot to offer <laughs> and yeah the stars just align like here's here's some more this album holy shit man they just made a country album and not every song on here is country there's like a couple that are like definitely not country or even yeah like piss up a rope there is like weird electronic stuff going on there yeah but it's, it's legitimately great yeah it's like a honky tonk song it's super vulgar hilarious it's goofy and dorky but damn it it's fun as hell one um, of the, yeah one of their best songs oh it's so fun japanese cowboy is full on hoedown music really fast really fun very lively my, my favorite song on the album as well is an all-time favorite i don't want to leave you on the farm truly just fucking gorgeous i mean yeah. so well and i remember uh, being in the car with my mom years and years ago and I put that song on and she's like 
this isn't like a country song. I mean, it sounds like country, but that's not yeah. a country song. That's exactly what this album is. Yeah. It's, it's, they're like, you can't even, they're not really country songs. They're played like country songs. They have the, the lap steels and they have the fucking, the backup vocals and the, the brushes on the drums or the whatever. They have all the aesthetics of it, but structurally they, they're just wean songs. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave you on the phone. It's like a, just a beautiful kind of pop ballad, but just happens to, to be about cowboy stuff and feel like a cowboy song. Yeah. Um, kind of in the same vein. And I feel very much the same way you feel like powder blue is oh, also so good. Yeah. It's like blending some like sixties pop sensibilities. The, yeah. The lap or steel guitar. I, I don't know what's which or even if they're the same, but it fucking rules. The, that chorus to powder blue is truly one of the, it's fucking godly. I just assumed it was a cover song. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Like, that's how good they are at this, like, channeling these genres of music. It's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. I, I I, have trouble naming even another, a single other band that can do it like this. Uh, maybe just Mr. Bungle, really, is kind of the only one that comes to mind immediately. But um, on Powder Blue, which I didn't realize because I, I bought this album, um, I bought a used CD copy that was, I guess, like a test press Version? Oh yeah, yeah. And it said like not for resale on it. I would buy a lot of those too. But I believe my copy of Stig by the Meltons is Ooh. one of those. But apparently, uh what you'll notice everyone who heard this, listen to it streaming or whatever, um, it the song ends right after Gene says Muhammad Ali. When he introduces <laughs> Muhammad Ali. Oh, yeah. The version I have is an old version that was mistakenly pressed. And it goes on for like another minute and a half to two minutes um, where there's like samples of Muhammad Ali talking and there's a whole chunk of song, <laughs> but they actually never cleared that sample. Oh, okay. and Electra uh, sent out the early presses of it by mistake. Yeah. So they, every press since then has that, has a song ending immediately. So, and I just didn't know that until like recently. Nice um, little tidbit. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Mr. Richard Smoker is isn't even trying to be country. It's basically a show tune. <laughs> yes, it's it's the only song that's not country at all. Yeah, there's silly lyrics. This is the case, jazzy, loungy. It's fun. I love and, it. And uh, I love I love when it's like, oh, it's just gonna be this pleasant song, and then uh, they're like gonna melt your face off with the guitar solo. Oh god damn it! And it's not even really out of place but it's still like this nice little surprise there's still yeah there's still a good amount of surprises on this on this one um what was it uh you were the fool just just rules it's like the most stern and serious sounding uh country western song on the, on the album mm-hmm. whereas a lot of other ones feel like oh we're having fun we're gonna make a country album that that one feels like Oh, you could put this on any one of their other albums and it'll fit right in as one of like this the darker songs i actually do wish you were the fool was the closer um it has a really really long fade out which mm-hmm. makes you like it feels like a closer and then it closes with fluffy which is ridiculous and it's it's beautiful it's a great song it's fucking those vocals always make me laugh they're they always make me laugh that's another song i don't know where i know i've heard it before oh yeah fluffy. <laughs> i mean it's it's super dramatic but in a jokey way but with with actual beautiful guitar lines and violins it's yeah. like and it has this really good heavy bass in there Really heavy bass. Um, great fucking song. And it's also like their shortest album. This is like a half hour long. 
How long is this album? A reasonable album. Yeah, it's yeah, fucking 32 minutes. Uh it's very short. It's succinct. Every song fucking rules. I and, absolutely love this album. It may not be why you're here. No. But yeah. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't make sense that this exists, and it makes even less sense that it's this good. It's like and a lecture is cool with it. <laughs> And they were just cool with it. Or they probably weren't, but they're like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> and if you look at the cover, it's like, it looks like some generic, shitty, greatest hits country thing where you'd even like, it. it's just the funniest concept. Yeah. It's going to put this album, the first Wheeler album, yeah. as like. <laughs> My two favorite country albums. You think these are normal country albums. But they're just, they're fucking silly and they're great. Uh, I can't believe it landed. It's funny hooky smart and fun but it's like a it's a novelty album that just simply rules Mm -hmm. it yeah it's just bizarre and they have like actual um real national players buddy uh spicker and spitcher i think shout out to bobby bobby ogden uh from i was his tcb band hell yeah taking care of business hell yeah there's all kinds of people like like legit players on here um but yeah, I mean, fucking weird detour of an album, but really solid. But now we are on to another big one. Mm-hmm. Another big one, everybody. Here we go. You ready? Ready. Hell yeah. This is 1997's The Mollusk. One of their jokiest, most novelty songs that makes me emotional. It's... I don't know for sure. I know. me one. Okay. I know this band inf- and specifically this album influence like the creation of SpongeBob, but I feel like this entire song is SpongeBob. Like I totally get why yeah. they were like they fucking unintentionally created a iconic cartoon that's been running for like 15, 20 years. This song actually makes me emotional. <laughs> it's it's so sweet and innocent and actually beautiful. Even it's, it's a children's song. Yeah. But it's like it's cute and in like completely innocent. I would expect nothing less from a man who loves ragtime and circus music. <laughs> this is really on brand. It's really on brand for you, actually. It really is. So I mean, that is one hell of an opener. It's like not the op- the title track is really like the opener, but that's how the album opens up. Yeah, this is the this is like the closest thing you can get to like an epic Saturday morning cartoon album. I I get yeah, I get the hype around it. I'm this is one of the ones I'm like I get why it's popular. I I'm going to revisit this once I've cleansed my palate. Best personal favorite by so much. This is like one of my, like by fucking clears it for you. It it's this is the reason that I became a crazy Ween fan. Okay, like uh, this is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. I think it's one of the best albums ever made. I think it's one of the best paced albums ever made. Oh, shit. I think this is like genius shit. I think it's it's both Dean and Gene's favorite album as yeah. well. Um, so for one. It does the thing that they do of like, oh, we're going to fuck with a bunch of different genres, except they're not quite as obvious about it. Mm-hmm. There's not like, oh, here's the funk song and here's the the soft rock song and here's the, the you know, the reggae song. It's it's more like uh, different flavors of songs. So you get like that, which is, a, you know, the opener, a novelty children's song. And then 
you get a, a thing like mutilated lips where it's like, all right, it's, it still has like the, the pitch shifted vocals and it's kind of quirky, but it feels very psychedelic and ethereal mm-hmm. and, and dark, but not heavy and, and like brooding or, or sad. It's just this kind of, um, pardon the pun, but like watery kind of ethereal spacey type of song where it's kind of hard to pinpoint an emotion to, to that song. And then you get shit like waving my dick in the wind, which is like <laughs> I mean, it's just fun and jokey and lively and fast and cute. Um, also, yeah. Keeping in theme with cartoons like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's some Ren and Stimpy ass guitar lines there. Oh dude. So I can I can talk and see about pretty much every song on here. So, the title track is one of their all time best. It's yep. fucking I, brilliant. I I can't even put into words really what is going on there with the guitar, but I I love the guitar playing on that title track so much. That little sample, the yes, it's that. just it's like I, I believe it's a sample, a synth sample of sorts, and it's it just activates something in my fucking brain. A lot of this, not every song has like a water theme to it, mm-hmm. but the songs that do really feel like it. Yeah. Like that song, that little, that little sample makes you feel like you're, you're in a fucking underwater world or something. It's just this it's, vibe to it. It's Isis, Oceanic, Mastodon, Leviathan. And, <laughs> and we, the mo- <laughs> honestly, yeah, yes, actually, yes. Check out episode on Isis. <laughs> and uh, then Polka Dot Tail is just, it's like a really, really moving melodic waltz, really beautiful uh, vocal lines, but the bass is so fucking deep and he- heavy. There's just these crazy textures all over. Yeah. The, the mixing on this album is actually really phenomenal. Maybe one day when I can't sleep, I've always like wondered what the like there there has to be some sort of reason what the like thing with like waltzy music in the ocean is yeah even like the mario level like it seems to be a a theme that is revisited by different artists and think about that yeah i mean i suppose if you think about like the way the waves move it's almost like a waltz someone's gone yeah. i know i'm not the first person to put this together. yeah it's interesting um, I'll be joining the spot is a, is a very fast rocker with a really thin and cheap sounding distortion with a corny drum machines. Uh, like it's like dorky and corny, but it's a, it's still well-written cool song and it really fucking cool solo too, with all kinds of shit on it. It's kinds of effects. It's an like unconventional ripper. Yeah. yeah. Very strange. Uh, man, man, I can't believe the diversity of this album. It's fucking bananas diverse. Every song is so fucking different. The Blarney Stone is a full-on sea shanty sung by a dean with legit pirate vocals, accordions, the sounds of drunkards in the background. Yeah. And it's fucking so beautiful and catchy. You know, it's funny. I went to a barbecue lately where I didn't really know too, too many people. This, you know, kind of putting myself out there. Mm. There's this character there. And this guy... <laughs> She's trying to like talk about she sea shanties. Everybody's just like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, I do like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And he was just like, so frustrated by everybody else that he made, like he made everyone listen to sea. Shanties. What a fucking asshole. That dude should not be invited. Again. He, he's a maniac. That's 
I'm scared of that guy. No, no. <laughs> I'm so glad he was there. <laughs> That's fucking rad. Making an entire part of this in a sea shanty. He, he also really needed to express that he's not an anime guy. Sometimes you got to put it out there. But he really loves One Piece. And he repeatedly kept saying, I'm not. An, I was like, look, man, if you want to be an anime guy. You can be an anime guy and not be a weirdo. I'm like, who hurt you? Did you make fun of anime guys in high school? Dude, if you're gonna if you're gonna say you're not an anime guy and then you're gonna name drop the one that never ends. That has like a thousand episodes, it's it, you're an anime guy. You're, I'm sorry, buddy. By by default, if you would have picked Dragon Ball, everybody who likes Dragon Ball That's the Ball Marley of anime. Exactly. You it doesn't mean you like anime. It means no. you like Dragon Ball. Yeah. All right. That's established. We've established that very early on. <laughs> You you fuck with One Piece. I'm sorry, bud. Sorry, the Ween episode felt like a good time to bring that up. And the, the, this maniac talking about sea shanties in 2023 Christ. at a bar. Sorry, back to this. Back to this delightful genius album, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, it's gonna be all right. Is another all time favorite. It is a heartbreaking, beautiful, atmospheric ballad. Um, I think it's one of the strongest ballads. But like, it's a song where again, if you if you you t- if you give me a song that sounds like that, I'll probably think it's cheesy and kind of, you know, tr- trite, if that's mm-hmm. the right word. Uh, but it's just so well written. It's It actually feels so fucking sad. I'm sure I've cried to that song at some point in my life. Again, uh, they've managed to take Make It Brain, the song, and just write a million other songs off that one song. It's It's so impressive because... I think, yeah, this is truly one of the best paced albums because everything has a different energy and it's, you can have a different energy and a different tempo and a different thing to kind of keep your interest with any album, but very few are this fucking interesting, interestingly written and flat out catchy. Mm-hmm. Like following, it's going to be all right, which, which is this heartbreaking ballad. You get the golden eel, which is total different fucking vibe. Kicks so much ass. That is up there with the mollusk where i'm like how do you how do you describe this song with with words yeah um i can try um it's it's kind of like i've called other songs like minimal like quiet epics and this kind of is but then like the guitar solo goes from like zero to 60 yep. and it's just like i also like the one-two punch of golden nail and uh cold blows the wind cold blows the wind jesus christ like i said the pacing it's somehow the most perfect thing to follow it up with it's this heavy dark fucking acoustic dirge yeah west yeah kind of west kind of western but even darker like the darkest thing they've done with an acoustic guitar and then and then uh, yeah it's very weird we've talked about like two songs on other albums where it's like continuations and it's it's not really a continuation, but I it's so hard for me to picture like those two songs separate from each other. I really? need I need to hear them together. I I can't describe exactly why. I just ah, it, shit. Uh Cobos and Wind, I mean Jesus Christ. So I love the vocals on that because they're they're, they're so uh subdued and calm and quiet and quiet and pretty. Uh and then this fucking insane, I think it's a synth solo comes in mm-hmm. and it, it's a really cool texture for one, but the things that the soul that it's playing behind the vocals, it's just so fucking great. And it keeps building and building wonderful song. One of their absolute bests. Uh, one of my favorites, at least. And then 
after that, you get Pink Eye on My Leg, which is uh, a really cute instrumental that is a perfect palate cleanser. Like, all right, you just sat through this intense shit right here. Here's a little quick instrumental. It's calm. It's funny. It's just, um, it's very easy. It's a very easy song. It doesn't really do much. You know what? Uh, weird, not a cartoon, but a video game, but in the same spirit as weird cartoons. And uh, I was like, fucking... It's a bug snacks ass song. Bug snacks ass. Man, that's a deep cut even for gamers. I don't care. It's such a weird. It's it is almost the ween of video games. <laughs> Fuck, I haven't played it. Check out bug snacks where little weird Muppet people eat bug shaped like food that turns them into said food. You know, like ween, like ween. And it's actually a video game about depression like ween. <laughs> It's fucking bizarre. I uh, I love yeah. I don't know Ween and Bug Snacks. It makes sense. I don't think I don't think it doesn't make sense. Yeah, uh, it makes Bug Snacks. Makes Bug Sense. <laughs> fucking. Uh, I have to talk endlessly about Buckingham Green because I think it's one of the best songs. I, I would call it one of the greatest songs ever written. Yes, yes. Um, which is impressive because there's you know. They've they've set you up with a few epic songs. Yeah, this song and this album is full of that shit. And that song says "Hold My Beer." It's insane. It's and it's, it's only three minutes. It's only three minutes. It feels like a like a total epic. It feels like it's taking you on this giant ride. And what I find so impressive about this, and I, um, basically a fucking uh, you know, lightning strike of like luck. That that song is this late in the album, and it's. You don't feel like it's too late in the album. You don't feel like you waited too. You don't feel like you have to skip songs to get to it Mm -hmm. with a song that good um, for a lot of albums. It's like you put that earlier in the album to fucking keep the interest to fucking, you know, pump it up a little bit. It's track 12 and it feels more like this album would have been amazing without this song. And then with this song, holy fucking shit. It's just such an impressive uh, pacing and, and sequencing of songs. I would call it the cherry on top, but it's there's like two more songs. It's almost like the whipped cream. It's it's the whipped cream layer. It's yeah. it's has so much character. It's mature. It's it's uh, you know moving and emotional, but, but seriously sincere. It has this amazing classical guitar solo. Uh, it has these fucking kettle drums that come in the final minute, and it, it's just uh, it's flawless. And then how do you end? How do you follow a song that fucking powerful? With, with a, Ocean Man, a, a catchy pop, pop for Ween. You could only follow it with fucking Ocean Man, <laughs> the funnest, most catchy, stupid, cute, amazing song ever. I love it. I mean, it is their most famous song, but I, I think it's fucking. I've always loved it. I think that my my gripe with this album, my ultimate gripe, is that it didn't end with Ocean Man. I think that should have mm. been the closer. She wanted to leave has always been a skip song for me. It's always been my least favorite song. It's a fine song. It's actually a good song. It's just the the album felt so complete after Ocean Man. It felt like the album is done. So you could have put anything after that and it would have been like, ah, all right. Yeah. It's still good, but it's not going to be as good. I kind of wanted the album to finish with that. It's a victim of Ocean Man, this being too good. It's not even just too good. It's like a weirdly perfect closer for this type of album. In my head, I always pictured like Ocean Man being like an opener. It it could be an opener. That's the thing with certain songs. I've always I've always felt this like if a song 
uh, it's a good opener, there is like a, a at least a 50-50 chance it could be a great closer. Mm-hmm. Like that one, it could definitely be an opener, but looking at what the album was and all the crazy places it went, all the all the range it has with emotion, to end with something that fun and happy and uplifting, uh, it seems kind of perfect considering it opened with something kind of similar. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's just a, it would be a perfect book. And she wanted to leave is still a cool song, um, but it doesn't carry enough uh, like oomph for me or uh, memorability. Not enough weight. No, no. Um, it also has like a the secret song, quote unquote, is like a, a, a reprise of the the opener, which is kind of it, it's like a psychedelic version of the opening song. And it's very nice, pretty. Mm-hmm. But um, either way, uh, I this is this was not the first Ween album I heard. This was. I think it was the second one I heard. The first one I heard, we'll talk about later. And I wasn't, I was like, oh, all right. I'll, maybe I'll get to another album at some point, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then I heard this one and I I realized that I had started with the wrong album. I was like, oh shit, I need to buy every album. <laughs> After This album made me buy every fucking album. Man. Yeah, this is a, a game changer. I, yeah, this was uh, one of those big life-changing band album moments where like all right now everything is going to be different because now i have this band in my life and this album i could i could see that i wish i wish i i still think it's amazing i'm it's the one of the two i'm going to most likely have yeah yeah it's like it's just one of those things that i'm i'm the fact that it exists makes me happy that yeah. like this album that it, it nailed it on every level with the the crazy diversity and the and incredible songwriting and just the goofiness and the silliness and the, it's just like it's jokey and fun but not in like a stupid corny way it's like mm-hmm. oh they're just having fun but also they're incredible songwriters yeah uh i i will fucking return to this forever and ever and ever i mean it's just one of the best fucking albums i've ever heard um and again if you don't like ween i'm sorry whatever but Fuck man, this a rules. <laughs> it's uh, a great in like weird rock and roll bands and the spirit of like Devo and stuff like that. It is uh yeah. Yeah, there's there's so much to chew on here. Also, it is like one of the more like accessible things in like weird rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, I've I've pushed this album on to so many people yeah and people friends of mine that like have no interest in the music i like i will just maybe i'll have it on in the car they're mm-hmm. like yeah this is actually kind of what is this oh yeah oh baby it's or or i'll just be like just fucking listen to this one and they'll be like hardcore fans of this album oh it's shit. happened a few times yeah it's just this is the one to start with i would i would say this is the one to fucking start with yeah um, it's just it nails I, everything yeah, as someone who's new, I would say this one, uh, chocolate and cheese, chocolate and cheese, and then one other one. Those are like very different points of where the band is at and what they do, and they all three are just completely different. And yeah, depends yeah. on the person, but this is a very beloved album, and I can see why. Yeah. Uh, looking at these fucking Wikipedia scores, I want to kick someone in the face because those should be perfect scores. I've seen worse bands get or worst albums get perfect scores. You go fuck yourself. Mike's the seething in television over here. Television, <laughs> fucking <laughs> The Clash, all bands I like. <laughs> Check out those episodes. Uh, 
But anyway, my best and personal favorite, it, it's been from the very beginning and it will be until forever and ever and ever. It's mm-hmm. fuck, you got to hear it. If you want, if you have any interest in Ween, this is, you can't miss this one. Yes. Uh, but it's time to move on. You ready? Um, wait, because I don't want to set you up for fail. Are we talking about Craters of the Sack? So, uh, uh, Craters of the Sack, I think we should talk about that when we cover the comp, the compilation. Okay. Because okay. Th- there's a lot of overlapping songs there. Okay. So, that, after that's this, fair. Yeah. After this, Craters of the Sack was leaked by Dean. Uh, and then uh, it was taken down and then it was bootlegged. Um, and has a bunch of songs that are going to be put out on a later compilation that we are covering. And we'll talk about it more there. Okay. But next is the, the next uh, official full length. This is 2000's White Pepper. The name of the album is a very not subtle homage to the Beatles. Mm, I thought it was for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That would make me not like this album, Alex. But this is the Beatles album, essentially. They're very, like, echoey. I could hear Beatles stuff. Several songs here are... Um, very Beatles but not every song. Already, this doesn't really sound like anything off the off the models. It already has a different feel to it. Similar, but a different feel. Crazy production. It's like the cleanest bad production. Okay, I'd say the balance is better production, but this is the most expensive production. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Also, if you listen to Gene's voice here, this is the way he's singing. The way he's kind of pronouncing words. This is a new style of his that kind of starts on this album that he'll still do forever after this. Oh, that's a cool fucking solo. Oh, we got to keep moving. Um, but I do love that song. Yes. Was it, um? yeah, that, that vocal style where he starts really pronouncing things. Yeah. Almost in a Steely Dan kind of way. Yeah. Except much better. Uh, Y'all he, don't say that. <laughs> check out that episode. He, he I, I didn't realize until like right now, he doesn't really do it before this album and then from here on out he does it on every album that's just how he sings now even live he sings that way um but i love this album i really love this album actually it's a a very cool addition to their crazy crazy ass discography yep um uh, fucking bananas and blow I had a, yeah i knew it was coming that what? is uh it's one of my lesser favorite songs on here because it's just so goofy and jokey, but it is fun. It is funny. It is cute. It is yeah. kind of catchy. I mean, it is catchy. I love it. Um, it reminds me of this Ringo Starr song called No, 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 where he, it's like, uh, no, 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 I don't drink anymore. He starts off with alcohol and yeah. then the drugs get progressively worse. Oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, uh, very much in the, the Ringo silly, yeah. silliness. But yeah, Bananas Blow is just a Latin tropical joke song. A lot of steel drums in there. It, Hell yeah, brother. Uh, 
the uh, that chorus i don't like love it but it is really catchy <laughs> it, i mean it's it stuck in my head already yeah but uh before that i think the pacing of this album is fucking incredible too flute to the chi is it is such a good follow-up i mean it's such a good follow-up yeah it's um kind of similar to the opener but yeah beatles influence pretty pretty heavy uh, so of course you're gonna get like the middle eastern influence on some of these that solo around two minutes 10 is haunting and i think it's like reverse guitars there's a lot of reverse guitar sounds here but yeah solo is, is fucking incredible that song is amazing at this point i should know not to expect Expect the unexpected, but a fucking like motorhead tribute song. Stroke race just caught me off guard in the best way. It is one of the heaviest <laughs> things I've ever done. It is chunky and mean. It's high energy. It's fun. It fucking it rules. It absolutely rules. Yeah. Um, was it um even if you don't is the most Beatlesy song on the album? Yeah, I didn't know this was like a a Beatles thing. So I. It's in the same vein. I was I was just thinking of like ELO because ELO is a glo- episode one. Yeah, it's a it's a Beatles. You know they very the yeah. unabashed, but they actually like worked in the synths and stuff. So I'm sure I'm sure the Ween Boys like some ELO. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. Even if you don't, I I mean it's like super Beatlesy because of the because of that verse i even i remember my mom hearing this too and she's like oh that's just the beatles there's like the way first of all the drum choices in the verse and the type signature it's like mm-hmm. oh that's fucking beatles is shit yeah uh, not to mention the, the, the pianos in the open in the intro is like um it's very it's very it knows what it's it what it is uh what i didn't know is that the video for that song was directed by old trey parker and matt stone oh that makes sense they are friends of south park um they South Park had a a concert where they played all the music from the show and Ween and Primus both played on it, which was delightful. I don't think those fans should get together, although the Venn diagram is probably a circle. Yeah, yeah. If you like <laughs> Ween and Primus, you also like South Park. You have to. Uh, I meant the the Ween and Primus. Oh, fans. is it? Well, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, it was it was actually very fun. Some on some songs everyone was playing at the same time uh they we played a few they played the mollusk and a couple other songs i forget primus of course played some songs it was a cool concert but yeah, it was at red rocks too but i'm one day one day i'm gonna see a concert there it's one hell of a venue it looks so beautiful beautiful uh ice castles i really love that one i mean i really love that one I, i've heard people kind of bash it a little bit but i don't get it i fucking i think it's a devastatingly gorgeous little instrumental yeah um some of these songs i'm like did i typo but no there's uh, pandy fackler <laughs> pandy fackler yes what's the what's funny alex pandy fackler yeah um it's i realize they they sometimes it's just fun to hit like if some annoying kitschy song gets stuck in your head sometimes it's just fun to replace the lyrics with like like wheeler walker it up and like make it about like drugs or sucking dick it's just funny yeah and then i realize ween does do that quite a bit oh yeah yeah, yeah. and that and that is a great example because there's lyrics about sucking dick in there um and then there's this like a herbie hancock sounding like jazz piano like yeah 
Yep, there's a lot of saxes <laughs> in there too. Yeah, it's fucking really well done. Great. Imagine lines. if it was just Herbie Hancock. <laughs> just, we got Herbie Hancock for this Ween album. I feel like he'd be down. Maybe I. I like to think Herbie's cool. Let's hope so. Um, what was it? Um, the Grobe has some really cool fuzzy guitar tones on there. Kicks so much ass. Another another one of the heavy songs on there. It's almost metal. Uh, it's more it's more melvin's like yeah yeah fucking killer riffs man i love that song stay uh some more beatles influence and stay forever but country little night yeah a little bit country western some slide guitar in there that's nice falling out is a mean country rocker fucking awesome it's crazy in a band with a bunch of crazy songs i would say that's one of the more like there's nothing where it's like holy shit it's an it's just a really good song it's just a great song it's just yeah. a fucking straightforward simple amazing song uh she's her baby i think is a relatively weak closer but a solid song very somber some uh some nice layers there again I've, very beatles sounding but nothing like blatant also with songs like bitch baby or baby bitch, baby bitch yeah um i wasn't it's kind of funny because Babies in the title. Shout out to Robert Plant. Um, baby, 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 baby. Um, I wasn't expecting a genuine, sincere song you could play for your first dance at your wedding. Like, I, wait, which one? Oh, she's your baby. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like you could you could play that at a wedding. No one will bat an eye. Yeah, yeah. Several. I mean, actually, several songs here wouldn't even. Maybe not a wedding dance song, but like, yeah, like Food to the Chi. Yeah, put that on in front of anybody. It's, yeah. it's fucking beautiful. It's yeah. just nice. Uh, it's fuck. I think it's a fantastic album. I think this is a, a, wouldn't be a bad entry point either. Um, There's this. It's it's a big discography, and uh, some some greatness gets lost in the shuffle of other things. The the thing about this album that I've always felt it has it's like the first album in a while to not be. It's diverse. But in a very specific way, like it's diverse in a way that I feel like uh, Pure Guava is. Mm-hmm. It sounds nothing like Pure Guava, but whereas you name three, four different songs in that album and they all sound completely different. But as a whole, you recognize it as this type of thing. Yeah. This, they're doing this type of thing on this album, even though it's all different inside of it. That's what I feel about this one. Mm-hmm. Like, even though uh, Panty Fackler and Stroker Ace and Food to the Chi all sound completely different. They all kind of fit together as mm-hmm. this one cohesive thing. Whereas you look at Chocolate and Cheese or the Mollusk, they're really different in there. They they yeah. fit, they work as an album, but it's like you notice like that's a fucking different song. Yeah. Here it they all kind of gels. It feels a lot more samey, even though it's still diverse. Um, so in that sense, it kind of works as like a as a shorter album. Uh, and I think it's very just consistent that way. It's not like the most outstanding thing, but it still has some of their best songs. Still super consistent. Still love it. Uh, yeah, I think it's one of the best. But time to move on. We got a couple left. We're, we're doing it, baby. We're in pushing the, forward. In the end game. Indeed. Kind of. I don't know. How, I, I don't know where I'm at. Yeah, what yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a few left. There's a couple left. I think Good three. Taco Bell in me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but... <laughs> Now we are on to another big one. Mm-hmm. Here we are, baby. This is 2003's Quebec. Appropriately titled. It's going to be a long night. Oh, yeah. Another hard rocking, unlike Ween type song. This is just fucking killer garage rock. And it's sung by Dean. 
That's Dino Vogels. It's so fun. So fucking catchy. Uh, so that's a killer opener and a misleading opener. To say the least, dude. <laughs> Best personal favorite. I am delighted. I'm glad that you, you gave this because this was my first Ween album. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how to feel about this band. I'll come back to them maybe in the future. I, it was a, a horrible first album for me. I but I do love the album. Yes. Uh this kind of this kind of hit me in the feels the way yeah, other albums didn't. Yeah. It's not even really that weird. I disagree. I think it's very weird. It's, <laughs> Maybe not for us, but like for normal people this is fucking nuts. <laughs> I think it's just like one of the greatest like psychedelic albums ever recorded. And I wasn't expecting that at, at all, let alone from like a more modern album. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's 20 years old now. Holy yeah, shit. But, um, I, it, this, it caught me off guard in the, in the ways like everyone wants to get caught off guard when you're listening to new music. Um, and yeah, it's just like, I, I think there's, weirder more unique things but uh where where i'm at in my life this is like i every song rules and it this it feels so good start to finish this is i think by far their most diverse album yeah it is one song to the next the jumps are they're extravagant yeah like this is the where i was talking about with the last album being like they're different but you can kind of paint it as a whole like they, they kind of fit together they're kind of a little bit samey in the same writing style this is not that this is the opposite this is every song is fucking whiplash from the next one, yeah. one before so the opener you get that motorhead style rocker which is fucking really catchy high energy and then zoloft comes on well i remember when i first heard that yeah i, I was so confused like i was i was jarred because it's it's just as bossa nova elevator music i mean it's like what the fuck it's about antidepressants and it sounds oh. like it should be in a zoloft commercial yeah it's perfect for it yeah yeah i don't know how like a young me would react to this but uh me right now this loves it and yeah I, i'm trying to think of my my initial reactions when i first heard this because it was like it's i liked it but there was a lot of songs that i was like that's it just kind of i don't know it's kind of corny like i i still don't really like transdermal celebration that much i i disagree i i love it there's like because I'm so used to them not staying in one thing. I think I think the common thing that holds this together is how many times they go to like surreal, dreaming, ethereal stuff. And I agree they did do that on the mollusk a lot. But I think that's just like it's its own animal. And then this is like if you, if you think they're going to get away from it, it always like lures you back in. 
there, there was a lot of like moments of little islands where you get like you're swimming in the psychedelic ocean and then you find a little island to stand on. And like Transdermal Celebration is like one example of that. Tried and True, which is another one of the most famous songs. That's another like, all right, this is this is a song I can like plant my feet on. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful, like emotional, uh, straightforward, earnest song. And then in between, though, you get um, so many people in the neighborhood. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? Is that, that song that is that is like weird and industrial sounding Fucking yeah in, that is a song that is so crazy i i don't know how to feel about it i can't even describe it it yeah. just must be hurt yeah and do i love it 100 it is completely grown on me but i can't possibly <laughs> pitch it to anybody it's just fucking hilariously weird among his tribe is fucking gorgeous. Um, that one is another oh. like uh, really wilderness kind of feel to it, very acoustic and dark. Um, yeah, one of the like, I don't really hear people that successfully like channel Nick Drake, but of course Ween uh, can. Oh yeah, I could like I could. It made me think of Nick Drake, and I was like, of course, Ween could fucking like nail it and make it their own. That's amazing. Actually, before I, I don't want to sound like I shat on Transdermal Celebration too quickly because, <laughs> because like there's, there's a, a recurring moment. Uh, the first time is like a minute, a minute 20, but it, it does return to it. It's just so fucking beautiful. It hurts. It's mm-hmm. so fucking, and then the solo fucking rules. It is a good song. It's just not one of my favorites. Um, and then tried and true, uh, Try, try, going back to your your island metaphor that is an island song smash between two fucking saints <laughs> because it's this beautiful song it's this incredible main riff um the low pitch shifted vocals kind of bother me but i mean it's just a fucking really great song and it really cool use of sitar sitar effect toward mm-hmm. the end um and then following it you get happy colored marbles uh deranged and unsettling love it so kooky yeah. so strange ah damn it it's so well written i will say and even though there's two weird songs they aren't like oh i guess zoloff is but like Hey there, Mr. Fancy Pants feels like the first, like, like very overtly like dancing in the show tonight. Yeah. Funny. Children, silly. uh, Yeah. Kind of cute. The funny thing about that song is I believe, I mean, my opinion, it is one of the most legitimately insane and impressive guitar solos Dean's ever done on Hey There, Fancy Pants. Yeah. I think that's a, like... It's my fa- it's my favorite like guitar playing in the whole discography. It's insane on that song. I yeah, mean, I I mean this whole album like I could it's fucking wild. just talk about the guitar playing on every song, but that would be boring. With in terms of psychedelic stuff, it, I mean you go to Captain, that's Mm-mm-mm. holy yeah. shit, so good. Um, yeah, I feel like they've like t- always like tapped into like Bowie or the Beatles, but yeah. here it's like some of the like pink floyd shit. yeah it's so chilling and um it's only four minutes but it feels like it lulls you in this dreamlike state it's a very beautifully dark song yeah i love the like electronics start stop grooviness of the fucked jam like dude the fuck jam i mean it's a, another song where you can't point to a single other song in the discography that sounds like it. You can't, mm-hmm. I can't point to a single fucking song in the world that, that makes <laughs> sense to compare that to. It's just, it's instrumental, but with these 
batshit crazy electronic textures and like you said the stop starting kind of thing it sounds like something's malfunctioning in the song the song sounds like it's malfunctioning yeah um and then the two songs that this like sealed the deal for me the closers are i guess three yeah um alken road alken road and the argus i after those two i was like yep this this gets it um and then it still ends with if you could save yourself. You could yeah. Save yourself. But for me, particular, those two are like the most surreal, ethereal songs they've they've ever done. And they're just like beautiful psychedelic songs. I, w- I wasn't expecting f- from this band at all. Alken Road makes Captain sound like a pop song. Like it that's, does. that's how deeper and moodier and spacier and more hypnotic it gets. Um, fucking awesome. The Argus is, I'm going, I'm saying it again, one of the best songs ever written. Yeah. Uh, it's structurally, melodically, and musically perfect. <laughs> I think it's unlike anything they've ever done, um, which is funny because it doesn't seem like this weird venturing into like new territory. It's just a type of song they never tried before. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's so mature. It's so fully realized. It's gut-wrenchingly beautiful with these uh delightful twists and turns it's it's a master class in songwriting i think the argus is flawless also like in past episodes i've shat on these like newer bands who like half-heartedly do this like shitty lo-fi psychedelic guitar or garage rock where i feel like they're doing it because they realized it's easy it's easy to do yeah and this is just like you guys can you can never fucking like I know it's like a high high bar to set with Ween, but it's like even if you just had like one like one tenth of what they were doing here, yeah. The, the because you can try all these crazy styles that they're doing. I mean, they're fucking the fact that they even thought of some of these styles. Like, yeah, you have to be a kind of a wacko, but. Even if you could try to mimic some of the styles they're doing, you can't mimic how good these songs are written. No, and to just like be able to do it without feeling like, uh, like I don't care about like your jerk off psychedelic worship. Like, listen to some new bands. It never, like, it never feels like that. This is truly two unique dudes making an album that has never been made before. Yeah, Uh, I mean, it's just fucking crazy and then yeah if you could save yourself is one of the like best closers i think it's their best closer yeah uh, by far yeah it's this the big orchestral ending brilliant the fact that first of all they didn't end the album with the argus is like holy shit you must be pretty confident about what you're going to end it with it manages to follow the argus um, it's like a, a completely different type of song with this crazy buildup and emotion, uh, very emotional, giant and and thin mm-hmm. courses, course, uh, but heartbreaking, heartbreaking, one of their best, and and it, it it's a, it's just as good of a closer as the Argus would have been. Yeah, it's just like I don't know how they ended it with such incredible songs. It, it's just two of the best in in all of music. Yeah, fucking man, yeah. I was, it's like a whirlwind of emotions. And I, I was like, oh, fuck, what am I going to give best? And I was like, unless two, el- like these next two albums would have to be like fucking yeah. crazy. Home runs. Yeah. yeah. I don't, and they're not bad. No, but no. Yeah. 
uh, this one still ha- I have problems with them. This one's still like, I don't love, I don't want it. It feels like it's one of those island songs where it's like, all right, here's a normal song for you to ha- hang on to, but it's just not as strong or memorable. It's still not a bad song, but this was just a bad uh, introduction for me because when you don't know when you have no idea what the band is or what the, you don't, you've never heard a single song. You don't know anything. And then you come into this, you have no idea what they sound like. Still, you listen oh, to this. You don't know what the band is. Also. I think if you're, yeah, I think if you're younger to kind of sound like a broken record about things that have been said about this album in a weird way, it is a little more mature. Although I don't know if they'll ever be mature. <laughs> it's still very silly, but like some of the songs are, are, like obviously not just the closers which are super duper mature but even tried and true which is like a a more accessible mm-hmm. you know kind of bouncy uh pop song it's still really emotional and, and dark uh and it's just it's just so fucking crazy diverse yeah at a lot of points in my life this album would have gone over my head but uh yeah yeah i, I wonder now if i if i had discovered the band later and i started with this and it, it would it be different but um it's just a difficult it's a more difficult album yeah, I don't I almost wonder like how it like uh like maybe like someone who only listens to like classic rock like what would play better for that type of person like if they would gravitate more towards like this or the mollusk mm-hmm. because they're both their own like unique brands of psychedelia and they're both awesome and unique and it's just very interesting. It's also amazing how different they sound from each other. Like, yeah, there's nothing in common between the two albums. Every every album is just basically that. But like, I guess that's just what it is. Just finding the right entry point because the 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 mollusk was like, oh, okay, I need to hear everything now. I kind of get like this band can do everything. This is like, I don't know. Listening to it now, it gives me these. I I get more feelings listening to this album than any other. Mm-hmm. Um. Because there's something about these songs that just have way more resonance. Um, even if they're not like obviously super catchy on the service, the way maybe some other songs are, there's something that just kind of rings with them. Yeah, it just it's it stays with you like a uh, nice bowl of chicken soup on a chilly day. It's exactly what it is, baby. And Alex's <laughs> best and personal favorite. This is a, a fucking phenomenal album. It's difficult and crazy diverse, hilarious, weird, weird, but truly some of the best songs ever written has the surreal psychedelic at times ethereal to kind of tie it hold it together even if there's unhinged maniac tracks some like really spectacular psychedelic stuff too i mean jesus christ uh but actually before i move on um i saw this little thing i forgot about this it's on the wiki Mm -hmm. it says music critic mark prindle who we've name dropped many times in the past and who actually gave us some, um, by we some, it's Mike, mostly me. And most, <laughs> I grew up reading his fucking website and plugging all the time on the, on the pod, but he gave us some quotes for our hammerhead episode, yeah. which is very kind of him to do. I um, always assumed he was an old, like older. No, no yeah. younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, older than us, but younger. Um, it says music, uh, music, for a music critic. Yeah. yeah. Music critic Mark Prindle named Quebec the best album of the 2000s in an interview on uh, at the time of Fox News Channel's Red Eye with Greg, Greg Gutfeld. I remember that segment. Um, he used to have a recurring segment on on Red Eye where he'd just go and talk about music. And Greg Gutfeld was a fucking Phantom Loss fan and stuff. It was fucking wild. And uh, they were talking about, you know, whatever 
best albums of of uh of that era of that decade and he gave i remember he gave quebec that one he's like i'm going with underdog and he starts praising this album he uh he reviewed Wayne and he gave this one a perfect score this was his favorite out of all of them and that was what made me check it out i was like oh, all shit. right i gotta check out quebec now and i was like i don't know how to feel about this band um i think before quebec came out he he gave the mollusk a perfect score and then this one came out and he's like all right change my mind yeah i there are there are this like albums like that too like um for like for me when i was a, a younger person i remember people jerking off so hard about that beck album sea changes yeah 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 and i was like this better be the greatest fucking thing i ever heard and just being so let down with it yeah but like getting older and going through a few breakups and i was like hits you this album is emotional as fuck dude sometimes it's a time and place sometimes you gotta live a little sometimes you gotta live a little uh i think yeah andrew weiss is back on this album and then and apparently uh was it sim kane plays drums on the on the opener and that's sim kane's of rollins band there's a lot of rollins band connections uh but this is a story you might like oh yeah this, that sounds real smooth the story of how dean used carlos santana's gear to record transdermal celebration uh and, and apparently this is around the time that uh dean and gene were going through uh as tom puts it a divorce um Dean was apparently partying too hard and, and uh, drummer Claude Coleman was in a horrific car crash in the middle of a recording session, which is uh, brutal. But Josh Freese is on this album. Oh, shit. And look at that. The final take on the oh, album. Oh, no, he's on. A t- he's the like. Yeah. S- like the studio drummer. But he's on the the final take of uh, Transdermal Celebration. Yeah. Um, because of the thing that happened with Claude. But this is the quote from from Dean. I mean, Jesus, this story fucking rules. Uh, he says, so we're in the middle of the session and I get a phone call from my roadie uh, who also worked for a backline company that supplied amps, drums, lights, et cetera, to bands touring the Northeast. My roadie told me that Carlos Santana's equipment, including his guitars, had arrived via a trucking company that night at their depot. Carlos was recording an appearance on Good Morning America the next morning. and He's probably playing smooth. Probably was playing smooth. And his equipment... <laughs> was to be delivered to the set in New York City in a few hours. What needed to be done was immediately clear to me. I had an opportunity to play the solo on Transdermal Celebration through Carlos Santana's amplifier and guitar. I had one shot at it. It meant taking a hard disk recorder to a storage space where all of Carlos' stuff was sitting in transit. I arrived at 2 a.m. We, very carefully, unpacked his equipment and set up his stage gear. And in one take, I recorded the guitar solo for Transdermal Celebration. The one that appears on the album, playing through Carlos Santana's guitar, pedal board, and amplifier. I'm replaying the solo in my head right now. That's that one. <laughs> the whole thing took 10 minutes and we were terrified we were going to get caught. A lot of people would have lost their jobs. We got the fuck out of there really fast after that. So the solo on Transdermal Celebration was played through all of Santana's shit in what resembled an early morning bank heist or something. Holy now, shit. Love it. Love it. God damn it. Oh, man. Uh, and not a as cool story. I may or may not have walked through Maroon 5's practice space once. <laughs> the Maroon 5? The Maroon 5. All five of them, dude. Really? All five of them. Nice. They weren't there. But, but you saw their stuff. 
saw their stuff. Not bad, dude. I was <laughs> in the room with her. Yeah. The room. Or not. Maybe I wasn't. Oh, I should, maybe, <laughs> or maybe not. Uh, I don't know what the legalities of this are. Yeah. If you can talk about that, you can talk about that. That's true. Uh, but now we're on to the compilation. This came out in 2005. This compiles tracks from most of their eras. And we're also going to talk a little bit about creators of the sack on this, on this section as well. Because there's some overlap, but yeah, this is uh, from all all eras, early all the way up to like the pod, I believe. Um, but this, yeah, this 2005's Shinola Volume One. Now this is a weird one. I don't know. It's fucked out, right? It's uh, after. I don't know if. It's weird following Quebec oh, and White sure, Pepper and sure. the balls. Because this is like, oh, this is from 1990. Like, yeah. this is... Dude, listen to this rhythm. And tell me it's not the exact same rhythm as uh, Kokomo by the Beach Boys. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very heavy on the percussive elements. Yeah, so that's a. Uh, it is technically, you know, Godwin Satan era, but yeah. it does sound like something that, that could be on pure guava. Also, I feel like I'm cheating, but you know, whatever. I'm glad I have an out. I'm just gonna give this horse. Lisa. I think you're high. I think you're high for. I don't think you're that high. I think you're pretty high. Because this has too many of their fucking best songs ever. <laughs> See, you're like, I'm going to, I want to talk about Craters of the Sack. I'm like, okay. So I listened to it. Uh-huh. And I think I just kind of like the way that flows a little better. There's good shit here. Yeah. I don't, again, it's a very strong discography. I didn't know what I was going to do. I'm like, I'm going to be lazy. This is a fucking compilation. It's not as much as a like full vision. And some other it's not. But with some of the songs here, um, this, this, this whole compilation actually kind of feels like a, like a chocolate and cheese part two to me mm-hmm. because of the genre hopping. Mm. So you get taste good on the bun, which is a, it's a goofy early ween song. And then you get boys club, which is, uh, one of the funniest fucking Michael McDonald vocals on there. It's I like, thought about that too. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's a bad song. I mean, yeah. I think <laughs> like, I can't enjoy it. It makes me laugh like hell. Yeah. But I can't like, I don't enjoy it. Uh, but it's like a complete genre shift. The way kind of chocolate and cheese did. And then you get, I fell in love today, which is one of the fucking best. Love that song. That song is so like cool yep. and sexy. I don't know how it's not by the band air. Like, <laughs> It is very cool and sexy. You're right. Yeah, you throw on you throw on like sexy boy and playground love, and then throw on I fell in love to get that to <laughs> fell in love today. Yeah. Oh man, dude, I fu- I think it's fucking fantastic. I think it's it was on the Quebec demos as well. It was around the same time period. Um, great song, <laughs> fucking big fat fuck. Just fucking reeks of early ween, even though it was it was apparently 80, 98, 99. Gets stuck in my head. Great song. Uh, yeah. I mean, what the fuck is it? <laughs> Big fat fuck. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's juvenile. I, yeah. I think it's one of their 
funnier songs. It is one of the funny. It Me sounds like it should say big fat fuck. Really, all they say it. It sounds uh, like it should be in a cartoon. It's really that goofy. Um, and then Gabrielle is the Thin Lizzy song. That's one of the greatest Thin Lizzy tribute songs I've ever heard. Is it not? Yeah. Is it fucking not amazing, <laughs> so dude? It's it's like check out the Thin Lizzy episode. So it's like oh they're doing a, a, a Thin Lizzy tribute kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, why is it so fucking good? It's as good as a real Thin Lizzy song. <laughs> to be fair, I think Ween is, to summarize their whole career, it has, nothing has any business being this good. It's insane. I can't believe how good it is. It's just, it's an all-time fucking favorite. Um, as good as the real Thin Lizzy, but still doesn't feel like, you know it's, it's honoring them, but it doesn't feel like they're, it doesn't feel tacky or cheap like mm-hmm. oh now we're gonna copy the, it doesn't feel like that it just it's just it a never good does. song yeah it never it never feels uh, there's tacky and cheap things but the overall product it's like uh it's like wendy's oh yeah Qu- quality fresh but still tacky and cheap still tacky and cheap yeah. believe me i know uh did you see me i think is one of the most underrated songs i completely I fucking forgot how good that song is. This is maybe because it's a compilation and a lot of these like were on the like cutting room floor. Like I, I hate like almost every song reminds me of another band. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to also, you know, stick with me. Like I was like much in the same way. Neutral milk hotel can never write. Oh, baby bitch, yeah. Fucking Porcupine Tree could never. Yeah, Porcupine Tree stinks. Check out that episode if you hate them like us. That's the best Porcupine Tree song I've ever heard. Dude, Did You See Me is so fucking... I mean, it is so good. Like, the just the production of it, too, is really well done. I think it was written around the Mollusk time. And it's like, oh, man, this is like a really great dark dirge that I I, I kept forgetting about. And then... The fucking section at three minutes thirty five comes in, and I—it's like one of their best riffs. Mm-hmm. It's this—I I don't want—I wouldn't call it proggy because it's not like odd or crazy time signature, but it is a little bit pro. You know what? Put on just three thirty five. Um, not to drag on this episode any longer, but it's just—it pushed you into one of the best songs for me. That section alone. I'm gonna do three thirty. Yeah. fucking synths in the background that get that kind of fade in fucking such a great riff also oh, i love it also i already know the answer to this but someone on the discord was like i wonder who would be like more open to doing a they're like i know it's never gonna happen but i wonder who'd be more open to it mike or alex jethro toll and i'm like it's a hundred percent me really I'd be open. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's equal then. I'm curious. <laughs> it's actually equal. I I, pro- I don't think I would like it, but I'd be open to give it a shot. Okay. So there we go. Yeah. We both, we were, we were both equal. We're, on we're that. both. All right. Um, a few other things that I want to gush about 
that, that I think are just fucking incredible songs. Uh, the rift fucking rules it groovy and spacey and psychedelic. Oh, that was interesting. Cause I'm like, yeah, it is more like a Peter Gabriel song to me. Oh yeah. You know what I get? Yeah. And I get he that. does venture into those things, but he has a very like strong, like even if it's totally different, if it's like Genesis or solo stuff, there's something about it where you're like, this is a Peter Gabriel ass song. Uh, I get what you're saying. Uh, and then the one I got a gush for an hour about Monique, the freak, my favorite of all their fucking funk songs. I, yeah. Like I totally get why, how high can you fly Monique, the freak and big, big fat fuck, which were on creators of the sack. All three of them. Yeah. Those were like the standout songs. Though, I mean, Monique the Freak is an absolute all-time favorite. It's, uh, I think it's their best funk song. It's a, uh, it's like, so this version on Shinola is five, you know, almost six minutes, mm-hmm. and it's like it's a good six minutes. It feels good. You want to go on for a long time. You don't get tired of it. The original version on Critters of the Sack is ten minutes, and it still rules. I yeah. like it's, I'm I'm on board for all ten minutes of it. Yeah. Um, they didn't put on put put coke on my deck oh Gosh. yeah and also for critters on the sack let's wrap up we should know at first before okay, we get, um because uh you gave it worse and i do get get it with like songs like transition and and israel and i don't really like someday that much being as the closer i like transitions because uh it was this more yacht rock yeah yeah uh israel uh, this current climate i'm gonna stay out of that one dog uh but there's pan, there's pan flutes in it that's my favorite stance uh, but since the the tragic attack is that no one knows how to feel about anything i'm like good just keep your fucking mouth shut for I, once i don't know yeah if you it, don't know shut up just shut, shut the, up shut the fuck up uh it's like the song it's like sex it's a sexy lounge music with a sexy saxophone with spoken word prayer vocals and a flute solo um it's interesting but I, I don't i don't care for it much uh and then yeah I, I still fucking love the comp but um it is a little bit wonky because of the, the obvious jumps in time period but yeah like i said um they don't really have a bad album no and yeah there's just too many of like i feel like their best songs on here i mean there's at least three i'm like yeah, or four like fuck man holy shit i think because you made me listen to craters of the sack Although I do think this version of How High Can You Fly is oh a little it's it's only like slightly different. Well the original uh original high how how high can you fly? I think it, it's uh it's a it's a little bit shorter. Yeah. It's mostly the same. I do like this version better. I mean everything on, on Shinola is cleaned up and it sounds better. Mm-hmm. the Sack is demo quality for the most part. It was a bootleg after all. Um but speaking of which, what were you gonna say? Oh, yeah. I mean, like what you said, and the fact that they're all over the place is kind of makes them perfect to be a compilation band. I think that's like a valid point. But uh, I think I this, even if it's very loose, I, like this, the the album camaraderie. Oh, the, the, the glue of the album. Yeah. Uh, for Critters of the Sack, this is my first time hearing it. I actually... F- never got around to it, which is pretty surprising to me, but all that's, all that's gold will turn to black and the ponds of ore fucking 
rule so hard. So they, I, they don't have that many. So every time they do metal, it fucking rules. Dude, I mean, it's like, it does remind me of Primus in spots, but fucking heavy and proggy and oh, it, it absolutely rules. And then, yeah, let's go with Turner Black is like, it's it's basically like, them doing prog rock. I yeah, it's them doing war pigs. Yeah, and, and they they just don't. They've never done it again. They've never. It's just only on that song. That's insane. It's crazy. Uh, That's um, how good these guys are. So fucking good. The the original version of Big Fat Fuck is seven minutes, and I much prefer the three minute version. No, really, this one. <laughs> you like the fucking seven minute version. Big fat fuck. Uh, put the coke in my dick is uh, apparently from the Moloch session, which is surprising. It's it's like coked up hard rock with I'm a cowbell. So glad they left that off. It, yeah, they probably could make it work, but really, I, it has no business. It doesn't. Yeah, I'm glad they left it. <laughs> it's a fine song, um, but I, I I'm glad it wasn't on the Moloch. Uh, Making love in the gravy, groovy, bassy, mean. Sucking on the devil's dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more like super low pitch shifted vocals. Uh, it's it's cool. I don't, I don't mind it. Also, the album covers this a picture of a ball sack. It is a close up of a ball sack. Indeed. Um, this version. Yeah. Like I said, of how high can you fly is just a minute shorter. There's a stallion part five, which I think is the weakest of all the stallions. Mm, I think that's the, the end of the saga. It is. Well, for now. Yes. Um, yeah. It's not. It, it's like a higher energy rock song that goes to this Leonard Skinner type of clean breakdown, uh, which I think is pretty cool, but I don't love it. Sucking blood from the devil's dick. Uh, it's the, the closest thing to hardcore, hardcore punk they've yep. done. It's pretty, pretty fucking cool. And then it closes with a 10 minute Monique the Freak, which, yeah. Um, if you like metal and sex funk, what should I do? And to sound like a broken record. Craters of the Sack has no business being that good, but it, it is fucking good. <laughs> it is very good. For a, and it's kind of, yeah, like an unofficial. Unofficial. A, it was the yeah, leaked by Dean, I believe, and then it was quickly picked up. He also leaked the Quebec demos, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I didn't. I should check those out. Those are cool too. They're, they're much, they're very long. I didn't, I didn't mm. uh, throw them on to this episode because it, it's a lot of repeats and it's very long. I'm already tired, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of it's Quebec though. Bunch of Quebec, Quebec songs, different versions, different vocal, like a, someone else is singing on, um, it's going to be a long night. It's some other guy. I forgot who it was, but he was singing with like a, a throat infection Oh, fuck. and it sounds like it. It's yeah. fucking, it's a crazy version of it. But anyway, uh, Chanel volume one, Alex's worst and least favorite. Uh, just by the nature of it being a compilation and a little bit wonky, but I still think it has some of their fucking absolute best songs on there. Uh, but very genre hoppy. Uh, As it should be. It's from all over. Yeah. Yeah. But we have one left. Is this the last one? Mm-hmm. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Last album, folks. Get ready. My body is ready. Mine too. It's been a long episode. This is 2007's La Cucaracha. Yes. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to be like lifted up like this. It is pretty uplifting. I wanted this album to suck just so I could have a strong, yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. This song is fucking nuts, though. 
Yeah, that's that's the song. It's instrumental. It's a, a full on hilarious Mexican trumpets. I would say if I wasn't a coward and didn't have a compilation to pick, this would be the worst. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really like it's. There's great songs. It feels good, but it doesn't. Something's missing. It doesn't hit the same way the other albums do. No, this would have. This is. This would be my worst. Um, I logically actually kind of want to give this one worse, but I think I enjoy it like as a full album. Mm-hmm. It's not very long. I mean, it's not short, but you know, it's like 50 minutes. Um, it has really, really good pacing for like the first half, which is, it's actually hard to do that with most albums. Yeah. So even though I don't love the second half that much, um, there's enough to like, I consider this like a really consistent album, um, even if it's not like the most outstanding. It doesn't have like too many of their greatest songs ever. It's kind of like um, it's like a solid eight where everything just kind of got toned down. Everything's good, but nothing is like fucking amazing the way it's usually been. Um, as bands tend to do as they get older. Yeah, fucking um, I can't justify it. I can't explain it. I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but I love the song friends so much did you guys hear that mike love shares share you believe it oh shares believe what what i would say whenever i think of like house music like friends i think oh share song so it's like one of the corniest instrument it's one of the corniest arranged songs ever like Uh, every other genre they do they've managed to just nail uh house genre music there it's it's so dorky and ridiculous and it's like how can you possibly take this seriously i feel like people fuck to house music yes but as a man with self-respect i can't look listen to it and think take it seriously at all i love how mike's like those circus songs fucked my soul up it made me feel those circus songs made me feel this club music though is too wacky so friends it's like it's one of the most hilariously dorky dancey things but if you just look past the ridiculous arrangements or if you're you're just cool or if you're just cool (laughs) the, the actual song is gorgeous it's a beautifully written song that those vocal lines are actually really sweet gorgeous awesome awesome progressions it's just weird a weirdly good song that just they said they decided to play it stupid <laughs> do you believe in life after love oh god oh, no more share no more share uh, object fucking rules okay that just not like doing a deep dive on their lyrics to me, that's the most like dark, fucked up, super misogynistic song. I mean, it sounds like it. It's <laughs> because, yeah, it's objectifying a woman, but it's presented as if they're the one being hurt. That's actually brilliant. <laughs> it's it's funny because of the way it's delivered. <laughs> It's actually that's actually kind of brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I was like, they have a lot of like funny songs about sucking dick and doing drugs, and even on the song, which I'll get to. Um, but like, that's like the the thing. That's like the Frasier haha. Yeah, yeah, the Brainy haha. Because Frasier beats his wife. No, I don't. I really love that show. I, uh, Did you see it's coming back? It's I probably don't, gonna suck. It's gonna. It's 
definitely gonna suck. He has a son who doesn't want to talk to him now. He had one of the original. Oh, it's probably the same. Same one. He was a little. He's all grown up. Little, yeah, all grown up. Uh, he was a little. He was a little chubby boy. Uh, uh, yeah, but obviously the song itself is just really lovely and uh, really brief too. Anyways, on to more vulgar things like my own bare hands. That has got to be the most aggressive sexual song not just for ween like in the history of music like luke campbell's listening to that yeah good good job white boys it hits so hard like he's like really wants you to suck his dick i mean it's just it's just such a hard-hitting song i'd love to be your i mean sleazy i love to be your ash checker stick it up your ass she's gonna be my cock professor and then the best Take a shit on the bitch and fuck Huba Juba. What does that mean? You know, he's gonna shit on chest and uh, probably listening to some C- CCR. Huba Juba? What? What was the fucking? I feel like CCR had a lot of like silly, like Adam Sandler, like oh, oh Huba Juba. He did say Chuglin, which Chuglin, I, that's I, the word I I've was been, looking for. I've been saying Chuglin ever since. And keep on Chuglin. I, I sign off my Patreon post with keep on Chuglin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just shit on a chest, a whole bow bow. I woo. Uh, <laughs> it is a cool song, though. <laughs> I mean, despite all that, it is a very cool song. Uh, Learning to Love is a Big hoedown, country western, silly bluegrassy, fucking awesome. You know what? It has been like a while since they've kind of ventured. Yep. And I mean, it absolutely rules. It's it's, it's that solo is fucking crazy. That solo is so crazy. It sounds like it would be in in the game Undertale. You played Undertale? Oh shit! Uh, only let's just leave it at yes. Yeah, that soundtrack I think is like one of the best uh, video game soundtracks ever by Toby Fox. I think um, I. Great songwriter, that guy. I hate it because my godson loves it. Oh. I'm like, grow the fuck up, man. Listen to something else. It's. I so, kid. I kid. I wh- love you. I just realized how young you. So there's no reason he should be watching this, but I don't want to. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That soundtrack. Like, I think it's one of the best video game soundtracks ever, but um, I can't listen to it like an album. It's a really mm-hmm. bad album. Yeah. But, but in the context of the game, like those are those pieces of music are, are fucking brilliant. It's probably brilliant if you don't have an eight year old listening to it on repeat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But anyway, learn to love fucking rules. Uh, and then the problems with this album come in with I the s- fruit man. I set this song up. You sure did. Two hours ago. Ten hours. Yeah. Uh, it is unapologetically reggae. They do the fucking voice. They do the voice. It feels like a complete novelty without any of the writing that usually comes with it when they, Mm -hmm. when they do that. Um, I think it's like a lot of this album when they, when they, cause they're, they're genre hopping again on this album. A lot of it, a lot of it is not landing for me. The fruit man does not land for me. Spirit Walker, I'm amazed they don't have more T-Pain auto-tune vocals. That's the only one. It's a, it is the only one. I can't believe. I, I mean, it I thought is. we like would do the auto-tune vocals in hindsight. I remember hearing Gene talk about this. I think on like on WTF with Mark Maron, like fucking you know, ten years ago, uh, saying that uh, he thought it was a cool. He's just a cool sound to crank it up 
Yeah. yeah, it's a fucking cool sound. Why not? I think it's one of the most annoying sounds ever. It kind of distracts me. I have mixed feelings about it. I, I, I learned to like the song. I, I didn't like it for a long time. Um, but like, I mean, there's a section around a minute 30. It's so fucking bizarre and super cool. It's just too interesting and weird not to appreciate, even though the, the vocals do turn me off. You know what other song made me laugh a lot? And again, it's not like obviously funny. What is that? Fucking shame maker i oh boy i don't want to get too into it because reasons i i fucking hate that fucking whiny blink 182 vocals i thought it was was so scared i thought it was pronounced blink 182 um (laughs) blink 182 i'm so sorry yeah um it's it's funny to me and i say that heaping all the praise on one of the most ridiculous bands ever. I don't know how an adult can listen to Blink-182 and this be like, oh man, this is so fucking so deep. This I never liked them. I've always hated them. I I'll like, get shit for that, but I don't care. Uh, I liked them when I was younger. Anyways, just singing in that fucking over-the-top pop-punk Tom yeah. DeLonge. Yeah. It, this makes, it makes me chuckle every it time. Is, yeah, it is clearly them poking fun at it and exaggerating those types of vocals it doesn't but i still don't like the song like you you make those vocals not annoying i still don't don't care for the song i think i was just so tickled by someone like being like oh anyone can sing like the whatever it's really anyone can it's low hanging fruit uh i really like dig the strings on uh sweetheart in the summer it's not one of the best or most memorable, but it feels good as a nice a bit of a classic feel to it in like a dad rock kind of way. Yeah, doing the Beatles ELO thing. Yeah. Uh Lullaby definitely feels like a lullaby. It's just I don't know. It's just fine. It has like dreamy elements, some occasional harp. It just doesn't do much for me. And then I think the song that maybe saved this from Oh Woman and Man. I wish he played that with Santana's equipment. Do- he you don't got that kind of time, dude. It's that song is almost eleven minutes, dude. That's the gr- like it gr- is a great song, greatest Santana yes mashup song, and probably the only yes Santana <laughs> mashup song ever. Probably, uh, it starts up full on hippy dippy psychedelic with the bongos and the tambourines and flutes, and then around two minutes in, it starts getting more concrete, and then he gets super proggy. Uh, I mean, it's fucking really cool. Ten minutes of hectic jamming, but it, it fucking works. That man knows how to jam. That man knows how to jam. He said it himself. He can put his money where his mouth is. Sure can. Yeah. When a man is that. Yeah. That's another underrated, another rated track from these guys. It's a fucking crazy song. Um, closes with your party, your party. It's fine. Which it sounds like a, it, it totally reminds me of like a flight of the concords song, especially vo- the vocals. Th- I did think about that. I yeah. wasn't going to go there. I'm glad you did. It sounds like ex- I've always thought that uh, it has the sexy saxes. The vocals aren't even like joke. It's funny how with Ween this time, the vocals aren't jokey enough. <laughs> to make it seem like Flat of the Concords. They should have done the pop punk vocals on your party. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they would make jazz at your party. That wouldn't yeah. make any sense, but a lot of what they do doesn't make that is, sense. That is true. To um, normal mean people. It's a, the, your party is a very fucky song, but like in a silly way. It's a, it's a silly fuck song. But um, we've had my own bare hands, which is the ultimate fuck song that is a grimy fuck song i love it but yeah yeah it's a good album i think it's one of the weakest um it would be worst but i think it's still surprisingly good like it's still really consistent every time i think i'm i'm out on this album it 
intrigues me back in. Yeah, like I think I, I might have given it worse if if after Spirit Walker or after like the Fruit Man, it just took a shit and never, it was bad. I would have easily given it worse, but it pulled me back around with Woman of Man and your party and even little bits of Spirit Walker. This is the album where you're like you've gone on all your adventures and you're on your ranch and then a government helicopter comes in and you're like i told you motherfuckers i'm out and this album's like well too bad they got your daughter like in commando yeah 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 it's the commando of ween albums sure is and then they broke up uh i think what happened was uh well gene had some problem he had some booze problems and he, he i mean for many years he's bad problem uh and tom notes here says he had some alcohol problems that came uh to a head at a vancouver show in 2011 this seems to have been the beginning of the end for the working relationship of gene and dean yeah so he gene wants like he needed to step he said i remember him saying talking about this he, he wanted to step away um from we entirely because it was just too associated with partying and drinking and he needed to like get sober so he announced the breakup and didn't tell dean about it like he found out he, he's like this is news to me what like what the fuck yeah and that was bad and then he uh you know he went on to put out an album under freeman um you know his his real last name so um, i remember hearing it once i thought it was okay is it the maxwell jacob freeman experience it, i don't think so <laughs> uh freeman not friedman oh okay, okay. uh but like in Doom, the fr- the Fremen. E- no, just not. Being, just, <laughs> it's too I late know, for this I shit. Just, <laughs> We've been at this for fucking three hours. I'm broken uh, by Pantera. Broken by. I'm, <laughs> uh, also, audio slave. Also, audio slave. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they broke up, and then uh, I think Dean formed some side projects. Oh, I forgot the name of his fucking band. I'm tired. Sorry, where this is the we'll, I'm not going to go into all the details of all the, the site stuff, but they eventually just sort of kind of rekindled the stuff a little bit. Um, Gene said, Gene readopted the name Gene Ween, and he kind of said something like, it, you know, this I did a lot of good things under that. It's kind of wrong to put that. People know that name. It's not, there's nothing wrong with the name. I'm, you know, uh, it was, it was, it was wrong to associate that with the alcohol. And so, you know, staying sober, but I'm back to being Gene. So they're doing, they've had like many reunions. Uh, in August, yeah, of 2022, they did the South Park 25th anniversary stuff with Primus, and yeah, they've been they've been doing shows sporadically. It's nothing super concrete or consistent, but at least they're around and kicking, and that I'm happy for that. <sighs> so hopefully, we'll see more of Ween. I, I don't even need them to put out another album because they've just done so much. They've done so much good for the world in my in my heart. Anyway, agreed. But that brings us to the end of our lengthy and very thorough journey. Let's do a little recap. Best personal favorite, Quebec. Um, worst least favorite, Shinola Volume One. But uh surprise for well for me, surprisingly strong, wild, crazy discography. I'm still digesting. It is pretty it's a it's a ooh, it's a well it's a well all right i bet some of you losers thought i was gonna fucking hate it well yeah they'll find a reason to complain about something oh fuck yeah they will for me best personal favorite the mollusk i think it's just one of the best albums ever made and fucking a, a strong place in my heart made me a fan for life 
please listen to it. And Worsley's favorite, The Pod. It is, despite having really some of the fucking best songs, it's just really rough. It's very long and not very consistent. Just like this podcast. Yes. hey So thank you so much for listening and watching and hanging out. Please support us. Talk some shit in the comments like I know you want to. Like the video if you like it. Subscribe if you want to hang out for more. Check out all the other videos. Find a band you, you're interested in. I'm sure we've covered them and watch that episode. Uh, you can follow me on all social media at PounderMonkey and Alex on Instagram at every album alex and please follow our history guy tom osmond at tom osmond sounds and all social media as well as tom com for all things regarding his music he has two albums out right now and he's working on a third so go check him out um he does a lot of work for us also check out my my uh my ep it's a link to that in the description do that please thank you and uh not gonna ever forget the thing we need the most, Patreon, baby, patreon.com slash every album ever. That's where you go. You get to see our, you get to get bonus episodes. You get to see our schedule in advance. You get to vote on polls to decide who we cover next. Please yeah. sign up, please, for please. the love of God. Oh, my God. These, oh, these, these, these take so much work. Uh, you get to join our Discord, be a part of our community, hang out, make some friends, as well as suggest new albums for us to cover on our EAE singles episodes. And if you're tier two, that's where you go, baby. You request a full discography for us to cover on a full episode. That's that was take two. That's why Alex is laughing because I fucked up the first take. It's not even that funny. <laughs> and in addition to requesting a full discography for us, you can also throw out any individual album you want us to cover on a Patreon bonus episode. We'll do individual episodes exclusive to Patreon. So while you wait for the big long episode, which do take a while, throw out some other suggestions and we'll cover them on more frequent episodes. Yes. Uh, so go there and do that. Thank you. Now, to wrap it up. It's all you, baby. There is, There are two options. One is too obvious for me. I don't care. But I, I want... All right. It's between two options. All right. It is between Buckingham Green or the Argus. But, but Bucking, Buckingham. Buckingham Green? Yeah. Hell yeah. So I need to pick me up. Thank you so much for listening and watching. See ya. A child without an eye Made a mother cry Why ask why She kept a child clean On Buckingham Green The children saw the eye Buckingham Green